Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode, myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is certainly not what we're doing here today. Today, we're doing something very much on the opposite end of things. We are celebrating the winner of our third sub-50 tournament, and the winner of that was none other than Airheads, selected by Joey R. And I'm not going to waste any time here at WBPC, where all our hair is debonair. I don't know, something (laughs) like that. Uh, Joe, you're here in the winner's circle. I'm here. I'm excited with Airheads. Airheads was, you know in the running last year for my for my draft so I'm happy to get it this year and I'm happy that it that it took its place and ran through the tournament pretty heartily. Yeah, I just uh well I guess before I, I just comment on that I'll, I'll bring on the uh, runner up. He is Yep. a getting a little too close to number 2 these days. You're getting real comfortable with number 2 Grant Z. Welcome to the mix. Yeah, you know, I'm just taking a break. But, uh, you do have the most no, wins, so I do have the most wins. But Joey's rapidly catching up. So uh, I still got a chapped ass about it, losing this time around. <laughs> Adding some silver medals to the gold medals of the trophy. At least get, hey, it adds a nice color scheme. Silver medals still shine, my friend. <laughs> I should say here with with this sub fifty, the parameters were basically they had to be under fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, either critic, yeah, or audience, and they just like the total number just couldn't add up to more than hundred. But last year. Both had to be under sub fifty, and Airheads right. qualified, yep. and no one drafted it. So, yeah. so the winner this could have been drafted last year. It, it went undrafted and won this tournament. So, and it's crazy to think an un, undrafted movie. Yeah, because it was so eligible. And you know, I went a different strategy last year, but I remember being blown away. Oz didn't take it last year. I don't think this movie would have won last year. I still, I agree. I I don't think it would have won last year. I think the, the Brendan Fraser bump yeah. really mm. really pushed it through. It is very funny because like I, I talked to Oz before we drafted this movie and he was like, oh, I'm going to go with Airheads like at number two overall. He's like, I have to. I'm like, yeah, I was like, that, that sounds that sounds fine. And he's like, oh, fuck, Teen Wolf. The night before. The night before. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's probably what I would have done. And he did you a solid. Yeah, because you had, you had your eyes set on Teen Wolf, right? So at number five, I was Airheads or Teen Wolf. Yeah. Mm. Team Wolf was a, just a, a, a shocking disappointment in this one. It didn't come to play. Yeah, you can listen to our draft episodes, our preview episodes, and our recap episodes. Yeah. We go through all this and pine about all of that. We don't need to do that again here today. Today, it's all about Airheads, the 1994 comedy. I, I guess we'll just start with the winner here, Joe. You picked this movie... What is your history with Airheads? Where did you first see it? Do you have a recollection of the first time seeing it? Talk to me about you and Airheads uh, from across across the, the years. Airheads was just always on when we were kids. I, I probably saw this movie hundreds of times over and over and over. I just always remember watching it. I owned the DVD that I wish I still had. But it was always a part of my life. Like I, The amount of times I've seen this movie and talked about this movie, I think I've watched it with Oz like 40 times. Like it's... I've just always really enjoyed this movie, so I was very happy to talk about it today in a real form. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any any recollection of the first time seeing it? No. No. I just remember yeah. it being there. You made a little comment about the DVDs there. We should we should mention for the people listening, and we're going to talk about this a little more in length once we we pass the deep dive part of it. 
This movie's not streaming on any services. It is essentially unavailable digitally. And unless you have the DVD or can get your hands on a DVD from a library or from a resale, you really can't watch this movie. Yeah. So we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about that when we, we get into it there. But I just want to throw that out there for, for anyone listening who's a little frustrated that they haven't been able to figure it out. You're not alone. It's not yeah. it's not something that, that's independent yeah. to your it was anxiety inducing. It, it was on HBO Max until like August. Yes. Oh it, it was. Oh yeah. yeah. It just oh, came out yeah. recently. And then Oh that's a good sign at least. <clears throat> yeah. It was a pain in the ass. Leave it to Joey. Yeah, leave it to you Joey. Know, he, he, he uh he, his secret Santa gift to me was old boy, <laughs> and that was like an international. We have it, both it, coveted yeah. DVDs on the table here today. It was, uh, it was <clears throat> yeah, like I said, like it was like trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, spoiler yeah. alert: this year for the Secret Santa, I'll be making someone try to find Dogma. Oh, oh God, the other impossible to find. That's movie. A, that's another one. It's yes. so it's so odd. Yeah, well, we'll get into that a little more, Grant. Airheads, what's your history with it? you have any recollection the first time seeing it? Talk to me about Airheads. Um, not the first time. Uh, my my story is very much like Joey's, where I, I feel like every weekend it was played on Comedy Central. That's all I've seen of it until I bought the DVD in like, maybe when I worked at Best Buy. That's when like I got it at Best Buy. And then I went like yeah. that. And that might have been the first time I actually watched it without like censoring or without commercials. Mm. Um but it's it is a movie that is absolutely ingrained in my memory. Like I, I watched this movie this morning for this podcast, and I remembered everything about it. Wow. There was there were no there were no surprises. Wow. Okay. So I got two I got two airhead experts here with me yeah. today. I have kind of a different song to sing here with this one. It has been quite a while since I've seen this one. I, this is going to probably be one I saw after school a couple times when it was playing on Comedy Central or playing on whatever it was playing on Yeah, in, in signification. You know, we're talking, you know, middle school here. So it, sure, it's, yeah. it's been, you know, it's been decades. So uh, I gotta say, man, you know how this works when you've seen a movie a bunch of times on TV. Yeah. The middle part and the end part, Yeah, you're kind of familiar with. But the beginning, man, I, I mean, I've, I've probably ca- seen them playing in, in the orange jumpsuits at the jail. I've probably seen yeah. that, you know, I, countless numbers of times yeah. or them, you know, uh, Michael Richards crawling around in the ducks. I've seen mm-hmm. that. That was all very familiar to me. Uh, the, the first 15 minutes of this movie was the com- Palatine com- Records part completely foreign. Him with yeah. the girlfriend and the apartment. I had I essentially had never seen that before. That's that's what happens when you catch movies like Comedy Central. You you tend to miss like the first right yeah the beginning of it the first like two or three scenes. And you know when we were kids, they didn't have the start from the beginning option like they do now on all these channels. So wherever you catch it, that's where you caught it. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I must have seen the jail scene very recently because it was like in Washington. I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I just saw it. So I think I probably caught the end of this thing oh, on wow. on television somewhat recently. Wow. I oddly have memories of the trailer and commercials when it came out. I do remember, okay. I just remember seeing a commercial and be like, oh, oh that looks cool, you know. <laughs> That's a small gap there because it wasn't in theaters very long. Wow. I probably so, not, no, yeah. given given its scores. This was the winner of the sub-50s. We could have been talking about cocktail. We're not talking about cocktail. I'll have justice, to wait. Hashtag justice for cocktail. Yes, we'll have to wait another, another time for that. I, Two I, more years. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I feel like that's one that will find its way. Yeah, we have to into the into the canon. At we some point. we must because it's just a cocktail episode. Would be it's so such, much fun. Such a such a beautiful movie. Yeah, and you can access it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, talking gentlemen. Again. 
Do we have anything to say about this before we do the uh, BPC patent pending deep dive? <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll. Okay. So as I mentioned before, the year's 1994. Now, we're really cracking the surface of 1994 here. This is our third movie to, that we've covered here in 94. <laughs> and we haven't even touched the Best Picture winner, Forrest Gump, yet. So. When we get to Forrest Gump, it will at least be the fourth time we've talked about 1994. <laughs> Script writing here today was, I had to get... Get creative. I had to get creative here. I had to really, really challenge Just myself. Just craving the bottom of the barrel of uh, foreign <laughs> leaders. <laughs> I wish we had a deeper country here than we did. <laughs> we do not, it's a spoiler alert there. But the year is 1994, and let's talk WWF champions. So as I mentioned, this is our third time talking who held the, the title in 1994. Fortunately, there was not more than one, not more than two, but there was, well, there was more than two. There was three people who held the title that go. year. It was actually four. So uh, we've already talked about three of them, though. Uh, being that this is our third time tackling 1994, we know we're digging deep here. On the Shawshank episode, we talked about Bret Hart, who was champ for the bulk of the year, and how he dropped the title to Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund we discussed uh, last week on our Shining episode. Mm -hmm. He just keeps popping up this time of year, it seems. Uh, we also <laughs> talked about him on our Halloween episode. Bob, like, Bob Backlund's our groundhog. <laughs> yeah, like, he just kind of like, shows up like, once a season. <laughs> and we, and we have to see if we have like, a cold winter. We have to talk about the chicken wing, and then <laughs> it just disappears right. again. That's right. If you see the shadow of the crossfish chicken wing, it's going to be an early if winter. Bob Backlund sees his shadow, we'll have a long winter. <laughs> Heal Bob Backlund, yeah. a lot of snow. Oh, boy. Yes, so we also talked about him in our Halloween episode from year one. Backlund had that 1,470-day run, so 1,470 days as champ. This reign, however, would not be nearly as long. The Master of the Crossface Chicken Wig would only hold the title for three days this go-around. He got... Bret Hart to, um, he got Bret Hart's family or his corner to throw in the towel, oh. and he got the title of the Survivor Series of that year, and he dropped the title three days later to Diesel oh, in okay. eight seconds at a house show held at Madison Square Garden, November 26, 1994. This marked the first time the title changed hands at MSG in more than 10 years. Big Daddy Cool Diesel winning the title. It's... To do to change world champions at a house show, it's it's a says, rarity. That says a lot. It's a rarity, but hey, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, pal. I guess so. That's how it goes. Got to really confuse everybody watching only on TV. Yeah, yeah. Diesel is also known as Kevin Nash, probably better known yeah. as Kevin oh, yeah. Nash, and he has some film credits to he his sure name does. as Absolutely. well. Uh, some, I have a few. Let's see if you know films. others. But I have the the longest yard. Yeah, the Punisher. Yeah. John Wick? Yes. Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL. I don't know it's what that Magic is. Magic Mike 2. Yeah. Uh, and most recently, Dog, another Channing Tatum movie. Oh, yeah. you, you left out a big one. Yeah, the biggest one. Uh, oh, boy. I know what you're going to say. Which is, this is probably pre-WWF. I think so. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. He plays yep. Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Probably before his, probably definitely before his Diesel run. Oh, that was like 90, 92, right? 92 yeah, probably. so he might have been with WCW at that point yeah. or, or right before then. Then he'd win the title in eight seconds and he'd basically hold it for a year. So yeah. the, <laughs> Bret Hart never got his revenge on Backlund for the title there. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bret Hart. Jesus. Like Backlund, 
eight seconds was the match? Three days. Held it for three days, and the match is eight seconds. You can actually see it on YouTube. You can Google the match. It's back when basically what, 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 throws what, his hands in the air to, 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 and to mimic like him. And like a jackknife powerbomb? Kicks him in the stomach, jackknife powerbomb. <laughs> three seconds, boom, 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 done. It's, it's, it's totally worth Googling there. So yeah, that's, that's put hilarious. a link of it out on Twitter at some point. But yes, so that's a, that's a, a thoroughly covered 1994 in the WWE. Yeah, we and I think I even referenced um, WrestleMania 10 last yes. week. That's a, my my great WrestleMania 10 analogy there. But okay, so in the sports world, 1994, we've already talked about the Stanley Cup. We also talked about the World Cup, which was held in the U.S. of A. at that time. So let's talk Super Bowl, guys. Right? Super Bowl. Let's do it. The Super Bowl in 1994, also known as Super Bowl 28 was held in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia, the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. It saw a repeat matchup from the year before as the Dallas Cowboys routed the Buffalo Bills 30-17. to This was the Bills' fourth consecutive Super Bowl appearance, their fourth consecutive loss. Ouch. When you non-sports fan listeners have heard us reference Jay Dowski as the Buffalo Bills of BPC, this would be what we're referring to here. Um, yeah. Although, Grant, you better uh, watch out here. Uh, listen, I have, a few, I have a few Super Bowls under my you belt. You do have the trophy, so yeah, yeah. You, are, you are kind of immune to any, any Buffalo Bill comparisons here. How dare you? Yeah, the, uh, the Cowboys were coached by Jimmy Johnson, featured Hall of Famers QB Troy Aikman, running back Emmett Smith, mm-hmm. wide receiver Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin and Charles Haley as well. Defensive end, yeah. Yeah, Charles Haley. The Bills featured Hall of Famers quarterback Jim Kelly, running back Thurman Thomas, wide receiver Andre Reed, and defensive end Bruce Smith. So they each kind of had a, 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 a Hall a of Famer trio. at all the respective yeah, there's positions. There some stars there. Yeah. Series MVP was Emmett Smith. Guys, any thoughts, comments on the 90s Cowboys? We, we, this, you know, we lived it. This is kind of, for me, this is like my earliest memory of the Super Bowl. This is Bills Cowboys. Yeah. Where I learned what front runners were. Yes, yes, <laughs> and I'll tell you who was one of them, our very own Artie B. Mm. Yes, really? Artie B rooted for the Cowboys back Of course then. he did. Of course he did. I was a Buffalo Bills fan, of course I was. I was <laughs> yes. Pick the, pick the Always loser. a contrarian. Yeah. Yeah, this is where I learned what front runners were, and, you know, I remember we had someone we went to school with who he'd have a new jersey every monday based off who won and cowboys were there a lot and we made fun of him a lot yeah. <laughs> grant any memories of the, the 90s cowboys no i i do remember um there was there was a time where i where i was uh naive enough to uh support the cowboys during this run and then i came to my senses uh when i got a little bit older started suffering with the giants a little bit yeah, but yeah, no. It was just one of those things where they were they were unstoppable mm. at that point. I always think about the the Madden games with them. If you mm-hmm. just did Wishbone and just gave it to Emmett Smith, you it was, it was just like an automatic <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, it was just yeah. not, it was not fun if you were on the other end of that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I should say that listener Beast, who did does his uh, his tournament predictions every time he did tournament predictions for this tournament, is a big Cowboys fan. He so is. He stuck with them. Long suffering. Yeah, you know we the nexus was here, and at least he <laughs> stuck with it. Yeah, that's true. You remember the guy replaced Aikman? Uh, I don't know oh, if he man. was the immediate replacement, but he, he I believe he was like the guy they drafted afterwards. Quincy Carter. No, that was after. Was yeah. that later? Yeah. Is that way later? But I like Quincy Carter. I feel like he, he was, was their earliest draft pick 
though to try to replace him. Drew Henson, maybe. I remember the coach after Jimmy Johnson was just most well, they, lackluster. That, that, was, that was the guy from uh, from college. Yeah, just um, very lackluster. Well, uh, ba- uh, Barry Switzer. Switzer. Yeah, and he won. A Super he, Bowl he won in '96. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. back in like when Super Bowls. Remember when Super Bowls used to be like complete dominating, complete dominating games. Yeah, where one team just got the snot kicked out of them. Yeah, that really doesn't happen anymore. No, usually they're they're closer now. I don't know what that is. As Joey mentioned there in his uh, his Madden experiences, the series MVP was Emmett Smith, the running back, and it was an all country halftime show. That's oh. right, the Judds, Clint Black, Travis Tritt, and Tanya Tucker. Oh yeah, we'll be talking country music in a little bit here, but I'm first, sure. yeah. It's world leaders time, and we're really going around the globe dun, dun, here. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We are tapping into some new countries here. I, I listened to the old episodes to make sure we're not doubling up on any. <laughs> and here we go. We can see how much I've progressed over the years with these. So we're going to start with Switzerland. And the president <laughs> of Switzerland was Otto Stitch. Oh, oh nice start. That was nice a, start. Got to give myself a layup. It's like, it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? You got to have the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the $100 question first. Okay. The president of India was Shankar Dayal Sharma. Again, I'm sure I mispronounced one of those two words. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have Chris correct you yes. after this. Yeah. Chris and Jasmine will take me to task on that. Prime Minister of Saudi Arabia was Faid bin Abdulaziz Al Saud. Lots of names there. That was tough. Prime Minister of Japan, Morayama Tamiichi. Two eyes in a row there. So is that a Tamiichi? Oh, I... No, okay. No, I'm not getting any help here. Can't can't phone a friend here. I, yeah, and I'll make it worse. The Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Wim Kok. How do you spell Wim? W I M, and Kok is K O K. Oh, so that could be Coke. Probably Kok. Yeah, Wim Kok. Okay, that's the world leaders. That's all I got that, for today. That went better than I expected. I'll be honest. We're, we're digging deep here around the world. So yeah. I think uh, I think with our last one because it was the Lion King. It was that was yeah. Uh, it was I did all, all the Africa African countries. So I think that one was, <laughs> did, did not go. Did not but it go. gave you some nice <laughs> yeah yes. options. Okay, digging deeper into country music in 1994, we already covered Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee on the Shawshank Redemption episode and Martina McBride's Independence Day. On the Lion King episode, the CMA Awards awarded Female Vocalist of the Year to Pam Tillis. And Pam Tillis also won a Grammy for Female Country Vocal Performance for the song Mi Vida Loca. Mi Vida Loca. So we require a little translation here today. So a little extra work for you guys here. Mi Vida Loca. What what do we think that this song is about here? Probably her crazy life. Okay, but what, what are the what, what, to what aspects of it? So you've translated it, you've cracked the code. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, yeah. Me Vida um, Loco is so very tough what, to translate. What do you think is uh, is this song about here? My crazy life. Um, I think it's a humorous song, maybe about a girl or it's about somebody that just can't get their their stuff their self together. Hmm. Okay, so she's call, calling her calling herself out, Joe. Yeah, you know, I'm just going through living La Vida Loca in my head right now. Let me focus. Just, you know, not able to settle down, just, you know, living the party life, traveling, just having a good old time, enjoying life. That's a good one. You're maybe on tour. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of lamenting on that. Okay. Right. All right, so a much, a much cockier approach to this from old Pam. Uh, she's uh, basically just 
you know, saying she's a badass chick. And if you want to uh, come along, you better be ready for uh, ready for the ride here. Oh, so, yeah. all right. So here we go. I actually if, like that better. Yeah. If you're coming with me, you need nerves of steel because I take corners on two wheels. It's a never-ending circus ride. A faint of heart need not apply. Mi vida loca over and over. Destiny turns on a dime. I go where the wind blows. You can't tame a wild rose. Welcome to my crazy life. Well, she just owns it. She's owning it. Yeah, she's right. owning uh, owning her crazy. There it is. Yeah, that's it. Pam Tillis. Is she someone we should know? Like, does um, she have? Yeah, she was a nineties a nineties country mid major country star. Her, I think her most famous song was maybe it was Memphis. Maybe it was Memphis. I think okay. was her, her biggest hit. But yeah, to answer your question, probably no one that that the BPC team would know. Okay. All right. Good. I feel better about having no idea. About oh yeah. No, when I thought you were going to say Pantera for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Pam Tara. Pam Tara. <laughs> the D is silent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so Airheads. That's a nice segue there. Sure. Into Airheads, directed by Michael Lehman, who also directed Heathers in 40 Days and 40 Nights. He won an Emmy for directing an episode of The Larry Sanders Show. Okay. Hot take, I don't find The Larry Sanders Show funny at all. That's just me. I think that is a hot take. I, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no opinion on it. Yeah, that was a groaner when I was a, a kid. Uh, it's something like I don't, I don't think it's made for no, kids. Yeah. That's the thing. But that, that stigma doesn't... It just really stuck with you. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Lehman's essentially a, a TV director now. Yeah, he's done he a couple Dexters. Dexter, I saw. Uh, American Horror Story, True Blood, a lot of... There okay. was a show. It was a sitcom. It was called Outsourced that he did. Okay. It was a stupid show, but I really enjoyed it. It's just yeah, a very okay. funny, dumb show. Okay. Uh, Arids was produced by Todd R. Baker. Screenplay written by Rich Wilkes, who recently wrote uh, The Dirt, which is the Motley Crue, the Motley Crue show on Netflix. I did not watch that. It was terrible. Uh, yeah. I, I, had no, I had no interest in seeing it, and I'm glad. Mm. Not worth anyone's time. Yeah. Music by Carter Burwell, who had two Oscar nominations, believe it or not. One for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. And Carol. Okay. Cinematography by John Schwartzman, who was also nominated for an Oscar for Seabiscuit. Also photographed another contestant in this tournament in Pearl Harbor. Oh, wow. And was the DOP on Armageddon, too. Uh, film editing by Stephen Samel, who won himself an Emmy for editing the finale of Lost, which we love to reference here. Okay. And finally, the set direction was by Jan Bergstrom, nominated for an Emmy with Barbarians at the Gate. I'm not familiar with what that is, but she was also the set direction for American Beauty. Oh, wow. So wow. A, okay. a pretty good team behind this. This is a solid a pretty group. accomplished team. Yeah. 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 And some of them, some of the nominations were like, I think like uh, The Barbarian at the Gates, that was b- before this. And The Larry Sanders Show was before this. So yeah, there are a couple definitely. people coming into so it. So there's a lot of people on the up and up, but there's people who have done stuff too. Yeah. That's, that's pretty that's wild. wild. Yeah. Airheads is starring Brennan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, Michael McKeon, Joe, Mon- Joe Montagna. Chris Farley, Judd Nelson, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, David Arquette, and guest appearances by Lemmy Kilmeister, Mike Judge, Kurt Loder, and the BPC legend himself, one Robert Zombie in the mix. Oh, Of course he was. I mean, also, BPC alum, Marshall Bell. Absolutely. (laughs) We will talk about him. This is his his third BPC episode. We talked about him as the heel and twins. And he was in uh, Stand By Me, Stand By Me. He's the dad in Stand By Me. And um, did you catch the uh, the Wire 
I did. I okay. did Reg. Do you have the name here? Reg. Uh, yeah. Reg E. Kathy. Reg E. Kathy, and he plays Carcetti's basically his, his like, campaign manager. Or what? Whatever. I, yeah, it's like a campaign assistant. I think he. Yeah. Might even have been like a running mate because I think he. Yeah, I mean, he's in there with yeah. Carcetti, making you know, like giving him advice and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, but he's a, he had a good role. If you told me we would be covering an Ernie Hudson and Harold Ramis movie, I would have thought it was a different one. Or if you told me we'd be covering a David Arquette movie, I would think it would be a different tournament winner. But Screaming Ghostbusters did not win their respective Unbelievable. tournaments. And that was, I think that was your predicted finals there, Grant, was Scream vs. Ghostbusters. That was, yeah, that was that was it. And, but then I, was, I do remember saying to cover my own tracks that Shining or Alien would yeah, not we're surprise both, me. We're there too. Yeah, Powerhouses. So, Airheads was nominated for exactly zero Oscars or or any other awards of any kind, good or bad. It was just it was just so inoffensive in either way. There is like... no awards page for Airheads, which wow. is kind of like it's a, a bit of a rarity. I'm sure it's not as bit of a rarity in, in your uh, WPC world. I'm sure that's probably yeah, uh, worst picture cast. It's like those are movies that are just so under the radar. Yeah, they, they don't even, even yeah. like Razzies. Don't even take them seriously. Well, fuck the Razzies. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> he's still salty from last week. IMDb rates it at a six point one. Not good enough for the IMDb two fifty. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's right. It's right above witness for the prosecution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Eleven point two million dollar budget, and this movie grossed a whopping. 5.7 million worldwide. That is a deficit, gentlemen. That <clears throat> is a deficit. It basically made back half of what it cost. It's not included in the National Film Registry either, unfortunately. Shocker. <laughs> in fact, as yeah. we mentioned before, it's actually seemingly in danger of being lost. Yeah. <laughs> it might not exist soon. It, it might not I, I still, yeah, I, the, the fact that it was so, you can even buy it. You no. can even like buy it on Amazon. Like to, I like think there was there a couple of used copies that you were like can thirty buy, bucks right, or forty you, you bucks. Buy, eBay has it. Buy, but it's like very expensive. You can buy a new DVD on Amazon for like thirty five dollars, or you can buy like used ones for like fifteen. Crazy man, like it's that. just so wild to me. And I, I did a little digging after that and found an article that I sent you guys, which covered it pretty well. Um, I thought I should shit out the person who wrote the article. I'll find it here uh, before we're done talking about this topic, but. It's it's essentially what it is, is like some of these movies, because they come out in a time where streaming really wasn't a thing, obviously. Right. And different companies own the rights and the properties to these things. And basically what it is, is is to to jump through loopholes legally would kind of cost more and in, in time and effort and money Jesus. than it is to to put one of these on. And, you know, this article goes into a few of the movies. I think it's centered around a Game Day, the Richard Lewis movie, which I've, I've never really heard of. Uh, the, the, uh, the article's called You Can't Stream Your Favorite Movie Anywhere. And it's by Paul Shroud. It looks like the uh, GQ.com has it. But it's uh, a quick Google if you just say, you know, why isn't my favorite movie streaming? It'll, it'll pop right <laughs> up. But it's a, the article is a fascinating read. It does mention Dogma, which is something you, you threw away there a little bit, uh, Joe. Um, Mel Gibson's uh, uh, Apocalypta, I think it's said. Apocalypto. Yeah, oh, that, that's on there too? There's on a couple of David Lynch ones that are like impossible, like... Yeah, Flamingo so Kid, weird. Wild at Heart is the David Lynch one. A Cocoon, the Ron Howard. Fantasy. That one blew my mind from the now, article. The article is a little older, so I'm sure maybe some of these movies may have since been put on somewhere or not. So that's so weird. 
It is. It's very odd. It's so. It's so stupid. And here we are, just like you know, sit, like searching libraries across Long Island to try to get a copy. I'm fortunate yeah. to have one by me that has like every friggin' movie. I mean, it's like yeah, mine. Mine didn't have it. Yeah. I, so I, I'm I, when I go there, I'm pretty much expecting I'll find whatever it is. I'll find. Cocoon is still not streaming anywhere. Yeah. Well. That's, and, that's the biggest surprise to me. Like, because, you know, there's so many, like, you know, Scorsese and other people are out there, like, saving these old movies. And listen, Airheads doesn't, isn't in that level. But, like, the <laughs> no. fact that there's so much energy to, like, saving movies yeah. that, like, these, like, weird late 80s, early 90s movies before streaming was a thing are, they're the what's going to get screwed in this. Because they're not good enough to be saved, but they, like, they're fun. So it just sucks that anything's disappearing. It just, like, it sucks that it's just, like, because of red tape. It's just... It's yeah. just like people don't want to do the paperwork you know for it's it. Fucking yeah. lawyers again, and it's, yeah. <laughs> and then this is and and this is something like like it's it's like one of the major problems with the industry, and this movie's kind of like a critique of the music industry itself, which yeah. is kind of funny. That like it's kind of like even though it's the music industry versus the movie industry, there are similarities in a yeah. way. There is a connection here somewhere. It's a little bit of sure. a little bit of life imitating art here. Uh, I guess so, yeah. I do just need to say too is like cuz you know, I'm I'm still a physical media guy. I still collect uh, Blu-rays and DVDs a little bit and have a have a player. I'm, you know, some of us here at Best Picture Guest don't even have DVD players. You know, they did you know, we said, "Oh, it's on DVD." I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, not have it set that yeah. up. So, I should say if you're one of those people out there who has a whole ton of DVDs and it's garage sale time or it's clean out the closet time and you're just like, "I'm going to throw this stuff away." Do yourself a favor, spend a Sunday just looking around and seeing what movies are streaming, what movies aren't because you may have a DVD to a movie that's not streaming and yeah. it might be going for 50 plus bucks on on eBay or on on the, the internet somewhere. Yeah. So e- either that or just send them our way. Yeah, we'll so, take, yeah. We'll take, so we we'll have them. Yeah, we'll them. take them off your hands. I follow this guy on Twitter, and he's he has all you know hundreds and hundreds of DVDs, and now he's trying to get all the Blu-rays because he just or 4Ks because he just wants to go to the next level of all of them. And he's been talking a lot about uh, Dogma and just mm. how much money he's been offered for it and how hard it is to find anything wow. of it. Yeah, See, there you it's, go. It's this whole See, thing, and he's holding on to it because of it's so impossible to find. But he's like. He's, I mean, his room bigger than this, just walls of DVDs. It's absurd. Yeah, I, I, I had like the deluxe edition too for Dogma. I had it as I, well. I don't think I have it anymore. Now I'm pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I could have just sold it for for good money. Yeah, so go go through your old DVDs. See what's see what's not streaming there. You might have yourself a little uh, a little hidden gem. Yeah, it's frustrating because you know we've been doing this for years now. This is the first time I've had trouble finding it. Yeah, and yeah. It became a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get into the movie itself now. Before we do so, let's talk about what we're drinking here today. And Joey, we'll go with you first over there. What do you got? It's an interesting one. Um, so local, uh, Garvey's Point Brewery. Um, it's Glen Cove, New York. And it's their Sour Patch White Grape Dry Hopped Sour Grape Ale. Wow. Um, I, I went to the brewery the other day and had it. And I really like, and I like sours. It's a great brewery with a really cool space that's definitely worth checking out. So... You know they do. They have a couple of really good beers. Nice, and, and you, it's not uh, it's not Airheads. It's Sour Patch. <laughs> <laughs> different different candy there. Different sour candy there. But this DJ uh, host here is drinking his bottled beer on the side and mixing it with uh, what was he? Pepto. <laughs> Pepto. <laughs> <Pepto-based laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Simultaneously. I, I don't have Budweiser here, but I have uh, the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Lovely, like a, a rock star type of beer. It is one that we've had 
a few times here. Joe, I think you bring it already has it in the mix. That's there a big too. one, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's heavy it's in the rotation. Great beer with just fantastic can artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, so that's what we're drinking here today. Let's talk about the movie. I, I will, we'll have you kick things off here, Joe. This is the movie you selected. This is the movie you won the tournament with. Start us off on Airheads. So I love the way the movie starts. Like, I think the beginning is very cool, um, you know, with just the white screen and the rush together. Then we meet. You know, as we meet Chaz and then the band and hysterical how dumb they are, but how much I'm rooting for them right off That's the bat. Just a testament to the three of them. Like, I think they fully go full bore it's before they're anything. And man, they, they're funny. They're having fun with it. Um, the one unnecessary shot of Chaz just riding his motorcycle really before the credits that disappears to get to Palatine Records. Can, can we talk about that tracking shot? <laughs> like, the beginning... When he goes into Palantine, it's it's one it's one shot. Yeah, where he runs through the security. He he comes out the elevator and keeps going. Yeah, the camera gets upstairs and follows him through. And it was really, it was probably like really difficult to do with all the interactions he had to go through. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. A lot of people he had to deal with, and then they just never. And they never do anything like that. They like busted their load there and there. Yeah, and they just never. They just like didn't give a shit about capturing any other interesting shots. And very, like very nineties. They're dressing up the opening credits into this, into setting, to setting the stage, and then just yeah. abandoning it and going yeah. in another direction. That's so token of the early nineties. That's really funny. Yeah. One thing I thought about. So watching like Breakfast Club in those eighties movies, I always thought Judd Nelson was tall, and then seeing no. him against Brendan Fraser, how short he really is. Well, Brendan Fraser is also tall, right? Yeah, but he's not like a giant giant. Like it makes no. me, like all the other '80s people. I'm like, oh, they just must be. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just how. It, I mean, who was he with? Like Anthony Michael Hall, who was probably who was probably short at the time. He's probably bigger now, but like, and then but, uh, Emilio Estevez. I don't think it was very tall. No, they just all see. He just seems so much taller, and he's just so tiny compared to all of them. Yeah, like Michael McKeon towers over him. Yeah. We have some some rookies in the mix here, as far as BBC goes. This is a, our first Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah. This is our first Judd Nelson. There you go. It's the first time talking about any of those, <clears throat> really any of those 80s movies the rap, there. Brat Pack. D- did McKeon pop up? Did he might have done some work for Princess Bride or anything? Or maybe we just kind of discussed him as being a part no, of that, I mean, that squad. No, I mean, Christopher <clears throat> Guest was in it. No, we, uh, I think we talked about um, This is Spinal Tap a little bit, and that's where we got yeah, to Michael never, McKeon. We haven't covered one of his. No. We haven't covered a Chris Farley movie yet. No. no. Have we covered an Adam Sandler movie yet? No. Well, you have with Nick's Nuts. Uh, yes, we're on another, we're on another podcast. Off pod. Um, <laughs> Below freezing. No, I, I don't know. We got close. Happy Gilmore was yeah. close. That's right, a finalist. Yep. Yeah, Happy Gilmore And there was, was a lot close. of Adam Sandler and a couple pools that have been there, but not yet. Yeah. Not yet. No. A lot of big, like a lot of names here. We have talked Brendan Fraser before. He was in Crash, of course. He was in Crash. Yes. So yes. We, we, we've gotten in a little hot water with the Brendan Fraser fan clubs uh, in the past. So we're going to, as always, kind of be nice on those. Yeah, but that's not really that's not really a Brendan Fraser movie though. No, uh, no. I mean, he's, in, he's in it for what five minutes? Yeah, not that's, for very that's long. true. And uh, Joe Montaigne is in the Godfather. We didn't cover. No good he's, on that one. Yeah, he's oh, number, he's in the third he's, one, he's, yes. part three. Yes, yeah. Plenty of Rob Zombie talk though. There's been plenty of Rob Zombie. Yeah, talk. the fact that yeah. Rob Zombie's the most covered character from this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's disappointing. I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
am disappointing all of you. Grant, so yes, sir. The, the lead into this movie here, does it work for you here? Getting in, getting into the the opening credits? Uh, no, just, just really the whole like setup into into it, the into yeah. The, I mean, there is a you can tell this guy has trouble taking no for an answer. You know, Joey Lutz, like you know, they're idiots, but you root for him. And I really do think that they're sincere enough, and they really want to make it. And you can, you do kind of root for them. It, boy, it just what struck me about this one is just how different the of an era it is as far as music goes, as far as bands go. Yeah. I mean, you know, Grant, we were in a band together, and yes, it's we like were. we were fortunate enough to kind of be in that time where you could, you know, you could put a band together and hope that you could make a song or make something that would get some attention. We were at the probably the basically the end of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, we were in the early two thousands, so it was. I mean, like it was almost ten years. It was like ten years after, after this movie. Yeah, but it was like kind of like that last wave of like I feel like the emo era was kind of the last wave of like bands. The emo slash new it. wave. <clears throat> yeah, it's it was yeah. I, I think in terms of like rock bands making it. Yeah, it doesn't really happen too much anymore. No. And these guys are kind of like essentially, they're in that late eighties. Like hair metal, but not the gimmicky hair metal. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the rebellious children of the hair metal bands, like yeah. Power Slug, Slog, Power Slop, Power Slop, something like that. They have like a similar feel, but they're a little bit edgier. But but not grunge because they take not their, grunge. they take the shot. Hate grunge. They they right, hate which grunge. I'm not a because I love grunge. I yes, love me some me grunge. Yeah. Uh, that and that was a very that played a very important role in my life. You know, um, I think that's funny though. Grant and I kind of talked about it before. There's a there's like a movie where Chaz leaves this band, goes to Seattle, and takes over as the lead singer of Citizen Dick. He looks yeah. like a grunge guy. Yeah, but he looks like Eddie better. He looks like Eddie better. Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah, I, I, and Buscemi, Buscemi less so. I think. I think doesn't Buscemi, look like a grunge guy. He's I think, got that. I, like, not, I think Buscemi, he's got like the Soundgarden look. <laughs> I guess he does kind of look like Chris Cornell a little yeah, bit. A, a mixture between Cornell and the, the drummer. Matt um, Cameron? Yeah, who's now the uh, Pearl Jam drummer. Yeah. But yeah, they got this kind of had that when they had long hair, does that sure. kind of look a little bit? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what Sandler is. <laughs> Sandler, Sandler, Sandler feels very LA. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Sandler even, belongs. Yeah, there. but even though he's, he's he's still wearing like the the flannel with the cut off sleeves, I'm like that's yeah. kind of grunge too. They do look like a grunge band, so yeah. maybe oh, yeah. that's yeah. why they kind of had to emphasize, you yeah. know, we're not we're not grunge. Listen uh, to that bullshit, yeah. Seattle bullshit, right? Uh, Kieran, how did you how did you feel about like their dynamic as a band? <sighs> well, the drummer is your token drummer, where it's just gonna let me know when we're playing. You know, it's just slide <laughs> yeah. him in there, and, and he and wants to that. leave when they want a hostage out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drummers are either like completely overbearing and trying to run the band like Lars, or they're just like, just let me know when we get a gig and I'll Is drop that true? back there. And, uh, that's the and two. Pretty, that's what, yeah. I've, what I've found. Yeah, it's like they're, they're either, they got to either have their hands or in everything nothing. and run it, you know, or they're like just a like, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Lee would be another one. Or, or it's just like, yeah, let me know when we're playing. Yeah. Front man is your typical front man, you know, yeah. and, and Buscemi is your, is your kind of your, your opinionated basis. Your rageful basis. Right. Who would never be yeah. able to like, if it were up to him to run the band, he would never be able to do it. Oh, no. It's just, no. he's got a ton of opinions, but doesn't want to take the initiative to actually do no. anything. And he, and he make the wrong choices constantly. Every time. Yeah. Rodney King. Yeah, he's right, that guy. Write the wrong date down, you know, of the gig kind That's of deal. Funny. The three-man band dynamic is is much easier to manage than than four or five. It is the, the fewer yeah. people in the band, the more money in your pockets and the less... The less opinions yeah, you have to put up yes. with. Yeah. The less mouths you have to feed and the less mouths you have to listen to. So I, I highly, if you're starting a band out there, go with the three-man model. 
<laughs> you just got to be able to to do all your shit. You, you, you just have to be. You have to yeah. play an instrument. You have to sing, and solos are going to be a little thin. Yeah, 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 but you'll deal with it. Man, it's so funny watching the power of the radio station back then too. And that's something that's very different today. Oh, too. So, so different. Yeah. yeah, and how about? MTV and the presence of MTV yeah. Kurt at this time. I mean, this is like, ah, man, not quite the peak of MTV, but very, very close. I would say like the peak of MTV's powers are probably like TRL in the late '90s. Okay, I, I still, I still even think like in the in the mid '90s, I still think it was. They, they were playing. Oh, no, oh, they're swag. definitely on, but they're on the rise still. I mean, yeah. I don't know where where do they like. Was there Apex? Yeah. Maybe TRL. It might be TRL because it's, it's definitely downhill after. Oh TRL. yeah, but yeah. there. But the question is, is like, was it already starting to go downhill, or because I think in like the late '80s, early '90s, MTV was like like all the rage, you know? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, it was just videos. Yeah, and, and yeah. just like in personalities and yep. you know. Now my my, when did you guys start watching MTV? Like, what was the? I started watching um, like music videos here and there, but. Uh, when the first Real World came out in 1991, that's when I started. Picking wow! Like, so you were in, you were, were watching Real World in the first grade? Yes, that wow. explains a lot. That is that, that disturbing. That explains a lot. <laughs> and since and I watched that was MTV was pretty much all I watched forever until wow. Then. So you you got in on the on the ground floor. Were, were you a Beavis and Butthead guy? Oh yeah. Oh, you were okay. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, yeah, huge. Uh, I wasn't really allowed to watch it, so I'd have to sneak it in after school when I could. <laughs> sure, uh, but I'm I'm so I'm MTV. I'm getting in in like ninety five, ninety six. Okay, and I'm 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 in earlier. I I, had a, I have a sister who is like five years older than I am. That'll always do it. That'll yep. do it. It's channel twenty three. Joe, you have older older brothers? No, I'm the oldest. Oh, one. you're the oldest. Okay, so yeah, my parents worked a lot. It, yeah, and well, once I was in on MTV, I was in. Yeah, I was watching those music videos all the time. I was buying CDs of what I liked. Yep. I pretty much watched MTV and Comedy Central. Yeah, and the VMAs just really sucked yeah. me in, man. I loved the VMAs. I loved the whole deal. It, it, I loved the idea of, like, you know, which video is going to win. You know, just kind of like we do with the Oscars, you know. And, and, and it was a big deal back then. I mean, Absolutely. to win a VMA. Yeah, and I, but, like, just I remember, like, hype with, oh, a music video for the song is coming out. Yeah. Like, that oh, was, yeah, like, like a, the, the premiere, like, like the debut of a yeah. music video. Which is such a funny like concept now. Yeah, it's like oh, the Smashing Pumpkins tonight, tonight won won seven VMAs and video of the year. It's like it was like it was fucking English patient, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little kind of like scratching my head as to this winning. I mean, people obviously look back fondly with their heads. They wouldn't be voting for it otherwise. I do think the Brendan Fraser thing is a factor, and we'll talk about him his performance in this or <laughs> about him him as a whole or as an entity what do, what do you think it is about airheads that is so compelling to people that they look back this fondly is it is it like that that early sandler I, aspect to it is it just the 90s in general i think it is a a very unique time it's a time capsule movie both in how the movie looks and the whole vibe around the movie and also i feel like there are a lot of people that were when they were younger this movie was on Comedy Central all the time. Yeah. And it's just like this name recognition, just like, yeah, that one. It's an easy watch. It's easy to have on in the background. Oh, it's incredibly like, easy to watch, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it has music that you're not normally hearing in movies. Like the fact that the main song is a Reagan youth song. Um, <laughs> you know, you get 
Judd Nelson kind of after the height of his powers. And Definitely get, after. Looking a little out of shape. Right. A little, like, then a slick ye- back air. But we're a year away from Happy Gilmore. Uh, Billy Madison, I'm sorry. So a year later, Adam Sandler, Buscemi, and Chris Farley are in... Uh, Billy Madison, yeah. and that you know that's a whole. So it's right before that explosion. It's before Brendan Fraser has all his kind of huge, the first huge run he had. So yeah, and then you know you have two Ghostbusters in there. It's crazy how many roles are in this. We got you have Michael Richards too. Who this is? This is this is during Seinfeld. Rhyme time Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. Mid Seinfeld. Seinfeld debuts in '89. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking like season five. Yeah. You know, which is like Seinfeld is it's, it's top show on cooking. TV. Yeah. Most yeah. popular thing on. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's something, you know, our voters are aroundish our age. So yeah. I think it's just something that everybody remembers and loves and I, has fun with. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. So t- talking Brendan Fraser here. So he he has a kind of an interesting path here in the 90s. I think there was a time where people thought he was going to be the next big star. Yeah, I mean, he you had know, a huge. Uh, the Mummy, I think, is probably his first foray into the, A-list. The, A-list well, that, territory. Uh, what was for a Saturday Blast from the Past? Thing for Blast from the Past was led that's, into that. That was, that was probably his big. That was probably his big. With the Mummy, trajectory. though, we're talking about a franchise, though. We're talking sure. about something where he's, yeah. you know, he's really bringing in the blockbuster dough, and they're, you know, they're he's the face of it essentially. Yeah. Oh, it's but, the same year. Mummy and Blast from the Past are both ninety nine. Okay, so there you go. That's, that's, a that's huge the year. year. Good year for him. <laughs> yeah, and it it kind of it doesn't last too long because the Mummy they kind of Mummy kind of shifts gears and goes like the rock direction. Soon in the later the part of their Scorpion King was what number four, right? It was like Mummy, Mummy Returns, and like the was Scorpion King number three, or was the one with Jet Li number three? I don't remember. There's one with Jet Li. Yeah, and Crash comes out in 2005, and I feel like by then he's kind of on the down already. So here I'm going to just rattle off a, a, his filmography. Here we'll start with. Oh, so I guess Encino Man is like his first movie, essentially. He's in some TV movies before that. So yeah, we that's, that's the first like movie movie. Yeah. Encino Man, School Ties, 20 Bucks, Younger and Younger, Son-in-Law, With Honors, Airheads. So that's what he's done leading up to Airheads. Yeah. So Airheads, they're really they're putting the ball in his in his court here. He's the, the head guy in this. Yeah. He's, school he's, Ties, he's great in. School, yeah, I love School Ties. Me too. It's and, a really um, good movie, and he... he He's very good in it, and uh, the actress um, is also his. Kayla's his girlfriend a- in School a- Ties. Amy Locaine is is, uh, is in School Ties too. She plays Kayla, and she's got kind of Brendan Fraser's love interest in uh, in School Ties. So after that is is the Scout, and oh, that's an interesting movie. Yeah, What's f- kind of funny too is is that Airheads is the last movie that this is. Was this a is this a WB movie or is this a I this is a 20th Fox. Century Fox. Okay. Yeah. So it's the last time the 20th Century Fox uses their static logo. And the Scout is the first time they oh, really? use a digital logo. That's really funny. Yeah. And so two Brendan Fraser that's movies. That's really funny. Yeah. Back to back. And that's like, they debuted it with The Scout. The, the Scout has a, got a Wayne's brother in it? Or? No, no, no. The no, Scout no. is Albert last Brooks. Scout? Yeah. You're talking about it, the... No, this is a baseball movie. He's like a white pitcher in like Guatemala that Albert Brooks is a Yankee scout and goes finds him to get him to the major leagues but, he, but he's not but he's an absolute head case he has like yeah a, I mean it's a joy especially he has un um it, I mean, undisclosed trauma all everything how have I never heard of this it's movie so Michael oh Rappaport and Michael, Diane Weiss yeah uh, yeah Albert Albert Brooks is like a washed up Scout for the Yankees. That the, the Yankees just like uh, send him to South America, like get out of yeah, our face. The um, the coach, oh uh, the the coach from uh, Mighty Ducks, the bad guy, he's in it. It ain't 
worth winning if yeah. you can't win he, big. He's kind of the rival scout. It's 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 Diane Weist. Yeah, our girl Diane Weist is wild, in it. wild. Yeah, I can't believe I've never heard. It's of this movie. it's worth it's worth the watch. It's not great, but it's worth the watch. No, and. Brendan Fraser, though he, him and Albert Brooks have a really good dynamic of like, really you know, it starts from like Albert Brooks kind of using him a little bit to actually trying to help him, like Try be successful yeah. more than just his own career. There, okay. uh, I, I will say, Karen, your baseball brain is going to be so mad at it, though. Oh, maybe I got the baseball, watch it then. the baseball nitpicks. <laughs> maybe I got to watch it then. That's, yeah. uh, I don't want to give anything. And Oz, Oz like goes off on it all the time. Let's it's see if it's a candidate for next year's sub fifty tournament here. Probably is. It is. I had it on my list. Oh god. Yeah. Oh no. my god. Twenty five percent audience. Twenty five percent critic and twenty one percent audience. No, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, but it's worth a watch. Does that make all sense? All right. After after the scout, he's got a passion of darkly noon, glory days. Now and then he's uncredited oh. uh, as a Vietnam veteran. And now and then, Twilight of the Golds looks like he's he's meandering a little bit. Some here. TV stuff. Uh, George of the Jungle. That was big. That was a big. That was, that was the first time he was like shredded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's ninety seven. Gods and Monsters is kind of like an Oscar-y movie. Ninety eight. Blast from the. All right, so ninety nine comes in, and this is like this is time for for blockbuster stuff here. Blast from the past, the Mummy and Dudley do right, and Dudley do right obviously was a, was a was a, a dud. Was at least projected to right. But Blast from the past and Mummy and <clears throat> were big, and Dudley I mean, do right. They put it in yeah. his hands. I mean that made that made him a household name. That was short lived though. Which which was? I mean, he just it, just his his time at the top. Well, yeah, he was in Bedazzled yeah. and then yeah, Monkey but, Bone. No, yeah. Bedazzled Monkey Bone, Mummy back Returns. In action. The Looney Tunes was a death knell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was short lived. Well, because I think it kind of is. Is like you, you push all in on someone, and either it takes off or it doesn't. And I've I've heard that you you hear things about Brendan Fraser about like things him, ha- him kind of getting blackballed <clears throat> from Hollywood yeah. because of like his but things that have happened with people being mistreated. Uh, like abuse, sexual yeah. abuse, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he was rumored to be. No, abused. he was, and he called the guy out, and it turned. And, and then everyone he was tur- standing and, up to it, and, and then everyone yeah. turned on and, him. Yeah, so they shut him out, and it didn't come out till years and years later. Yeah, that wow. that's what happened. But then there was also a story, like he was married, and the divorce went really ugly, and he just got like. All right, this is, gonna, this is a bad way of saying this, but he lost the divorce. Like his alimony was like out of control. No, that's, that happens. Yeah. So, took all his Dudley Do Right money, all of his money. <laughs> so then, you know, Dudley Moolah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're, and as you mentioned, it's a bit of revival now here, and it's the whale, right? The yeah. whale. Darren it's Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. He was uh, in a show. He's in a show. Um, I haven't seen it, but people like it a lot. Doom Patrol. Yeah, I don't know. What it's an is. HBO Max show. I don't know. I've never seen it, but people really like him in it. Um, and then, I mean, everything from the new Aronofsky movie, The Whale, that he's starring in. He's going to be in the new Scorsese movie. Yep. He's, he's yeah, got a so lot a little of stuff, bit yeah. of a research there. And, and I'm happy, should be I'm in the mix. For, he, he just seems like not a scumbag. He seems like an actual like good person. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people we talk about, like, yeah, they probably suck. And that kind of is what it is. He seems like a legit dude. Yeah. And the fact that, like, he seems genuinely appreciative. You see, like, there's a lot he seems of very over. Like, he seems overwhelmed by the outpouring of yeah, love, and for, it's really, it's really great. And like for years, there's been videos pop up here and there of him at um, like Comic Cons of him like crying when people are like, "Oh man, I love you." Yeah, like and you it's ma- like you made my childhood. Right. Yeah. There's like a genuineness to him that I just. He's an easy guy to root for. Yeah. And, you know, I think my first memory of him is Encino Man. Oh, me too. And man, I love Encino Man so much. <laughs> That was in the first sub fifty, wasn't yep. it? I yeah, I think that's where we that's, we got in a little trouble with that too. 
So, I mean, I think the biggest star to come out of this movie, it would have to be Adam Sandler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> we're right at the beginning of his of his kind of run, as you mentioned it. Um, yeah. I Billy guess Madison is a year later. Yeah. Is a year later. Yeah, he was on SNL at this point, right? Yeah. And right. so, like, he was doing that stuff. And then, like you said, next the following year was Billy Madison. So, yeah. And then he completely blew up. Right, he became everybody's favorite comedian. And yeah. is still, you know, today, whatever you think of him or you don't think of him, is still churning stuff out and making things. And, and you know, he had his, yeah, sure. uh, his foray into dramatic stuff. Uncut Gems is great. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Hustle and, uh, The great. Hustle, people like that a lot, And too. he's in a new, he's in a movie coming out, The Safdie Brothers Again, that's about, um, I forget what it is, but it the concept is pretty cool. So, like, okay. it's another serious thing that he's getting into. So, that's you know, great. he's trying to reinvent himself. Because some of the end... Comedies with him have been pretty brutal. I, I I gotta be honest. A lot of them, even early on, some of them were pretty brutal. I think we just because because we were <laughs> we hit at the perfect because age. we were teenagers. We loved them. Yeah. Well, what are you, what are you taking a shot at? Like little Nicky. Well, oh, I like little Nicky. Yeah, little Nicky is not good. Little Nicky's little Nicky's so stupid. stupid. I um, like anger management's really bad. I've never even seen that. I mean, I, I like Mr. Deeds, but maybe that I was giving a See, little. I feel like Mr. Patience. Deeds is overrated. Yeah, it could be. See, I like Little Nicky more than Mr. Deeds. Okay. I Anger, love so Big Ag- Daddy, too. Uh, Big Daddy's Big great. Daddy's the one that like everyone seems to like. Yeah, that's that's fine. You know, I had Click but, in this tournament, too, which was kind of... Yeah. That's a... See, that's good. I, he loses me with the eight crazy nights. Like, once he started doing that, I don't think I watched anything that was, after that. That was earlier than you think. I still, I've never seen Grown Ups. I've never seen... Oh, those are not good. Um, there are no. no Grown Ups one is like, people like those people love them. Though. Yeah, mm. I mean I've seen them both many times. Is he in Benchwarmers? No, is that no, but that's like, that's like that's like that's like his happy Madison movie. Uh, okay, okay. I actually, for some reason, me and Adam Hitchcock from Circuitverse, he uh, Adam loves loves Grown Ups. Yeah, and yeah. we talked about Benchwarmers recently, and the biggest thing that we were talking about, like it needs like an actual star, not just like the third guys in the Sandler movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably Grandma's boy got hit with that a little bit too. Grimes Boy is way better than Benchwarmers, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people in this movie. I guess, I guess lot, I'll just move to, move to Farley next, just because oh, sure. it, it seems to make sense. Did they give him a script in this movie? Or no, I think just... he was just like, they're just be as funny <laughs> as humanly yeah. possible. They just shoveled him into the into the scene. Yeah, to just do everything thing. he did in this movie made me laugh my ass off. Yeah. I mean, he is just being Chris Farley in a cop uniform. It's, yeah. it's, 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 there's nothing inventive or new about what he's doing. It's yeah. just he's doing the Chris Farley shtick. We just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> I mean, if, if you watched SNL, you probably did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But know. that's really it. She's a blonde with tight black clothes. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Great. Grand. Wonderful. <laughs> he's even using the same lines yeah. Yeah. that from, he uses. That from, ex- like, from, yeah. happy, from Billy Madison. Billy Madison. A, a year later, runs. just, oh, yeah, like on the bus. Just runs it back. Uh, yeah, I thought. Yeah, and it, you can you can kind of tell that Chris Farley just really pops off screen. Oh yeah, and, yeah. like the little time he had in that movie, like completely magnetic. Yeah, completely yeah. magnetic. There's a fine line in the physical comedy that he's doing and the physical comedy that Michael Richards is doing. That is the difference between what what I what makes me laugh and what makes me just shake my head. The you Michael know, Richards I, stuff is so bad. It's, it's my. It's just, first of all, like that's my least favorite type. Me too. Of the flailing. comedy. Yeah, there's like the regurgitated uh, Three Stooges type of, I'm going to get knocked over or something not dumped on me or, right. you know. Well, it's, but it's the most, yeah. And it's, but it's like, it's, 
It's like the most sophomore kind of slapstick. Feels it's like a, low yeah. common denominator. Yeah, shit. yeah like yeah, yeah. Well, he was basically like, okay, you just do your Kramer thing. Right, right. It doesn't work here. And, no, yeah, it, wor- it works in Seinfeld because I feel like his character is so ridiculous. It and kind there's of- a script. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure. He's, he's saying what he thinks and reacting to what he thinks. He's not just yeah. like crawling around in an air. Right. Duct. He's by himself trying to, like, they're like, oh, you'll be funny by yourself. He's not funny by himself. No. There's and, a and reason why he didn't make it out of this era. Whereas Farley's physical reaction to things that don't warrant a physical reaction is pretty funny. You know, it's like, hysterical. It's, you know, like him getting stuck in the middle of like a, a crowd of stampeding. He's doing his own thing. And it's like, whoa, what's, what's yeah. going on here? There is a, I, I if I can plug an episode of a podcast I've been on, uh, when I talked about Beverly Hills Ninja with Adam on Rewind twenty five fifty two, we talked about the sincerity of Chris Farley. And That's how, a good word for him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It just like it doesn't feel like anything's put on. Like it just feels like which just, is very it just, much. The, it just feels very natural. Which is very much the opposite of what we're getting with with Michael Richards. Yeah, right. sure. in, in this one. The the Chris Farley, Ernie Hudson stuff is very funny. Like the up and coming recruit trying to like be I would, serious. I would love to watch a movie, like a buddy cop movie with those two. I, like I want to, <laughs> an amazing. Like them just going to different crime scenes is yeah. hysterical. Yeah, and Ernie Hudson trying to like, kind of keep him in line. And our boy Marshall Bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's uh, he's in this movie. Team. I gave him a lot of shit in in the Twins episode last year, the the sub fifty winner last year, but probably continue to give him more shit in the in the Stand by Me. I actually kind of dug him in this. Like, I, <laughs> well, I did not. <laughs> yes, I, it was like I. I think he found the right beat. You know, it, it it didn't it didn't work as the heavy in in Twins at all. Right. It was too much in Stand by Me. It was like he looked out of place in this cast. And this is just kind of like. It, it, it was just like the like the seventh principal thing going yeah, on, and yeah. I kind of like him just like talking about his life on the <laughs> phone. That's yeah. like just sitting on the table. Like I don't know, I, I crack. You would have thought up. I started World War Nine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, she, let me tell you about my wife. She's a real shrew. <laughs> It was, the PG thirteen terminology of this movie is oh, too much. They use oh, every yeah. like yeah. every, every like almost curse yeah. to, to call someone something. I, I will say that Marshall Bell had one of my f- most. One of the lines that makes me laugh the most, I don't know why, is when the real gun goes off and he's shooting. And just his reaction to it, it's a real gun! (laughs) (laughs) And like, it just, that fucking, that balls me over every time. Yeah, you know, I think I've I've been rewatching the uh, the X-Files season one. I'm just going to get to the other season one. And he's in a season one episode of that. He too, feels like so. an X-Files guy. Yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah, right yeah. there. And he's, he plays just like a, like a dickhead cop, you know, like, okay. and, and it's just, I think by now, I, I think I'm, I'm starting to get a little Stockholm syndrome with Marshall Bell. Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's you just, can't I, they just, they're just running it back. Like, you know what? Fuck it. I guess, I guess I'm just going to try liking him for a yeah. little bit. And it, it, he worked for me in this. I, I, I like, I like him in this movie too. Um, what the fuck is going on with David Arquette in this movie? What? what <sighs> it's a weird one. Did he, he did, did all him, the cocaine. Did they give him actual drugs and just send him out there without a script? I like, think. What, I mean, I, the, what the, is he him, doing in this movie? The him playing Game Boy scene where, where he's like, he's, he like bouncing around like a monkey. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I think they were just like, listen, you're not funny, but your family's pretty talented. So here's a lot of cocaine. Yeah. And bleach your hair. 
try to make it there. The one scene though, when the guys are talking about their crazy demands to like, you know, try to have an insanity to plea, he's like, "You guys are crazy, man." <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> this is this has got to be a lot of improv gone wrong here in this. I have to think. I mean, I, there's I no guess. way some of this stuff is written on paper. Yeah, I don't know. I think they, for some like him, they're probably trusted him a little bit and he failed miserably is is billy madison improv i'm sure some of it is <sighs> yeah i don't because i'm just i'm wondering about farley I, I, rattling I off those two lines it just seems like something like he's just saying as opposed to some do you think somebody wrote those lines down twice for him oh I, the good great grand walking into the oh, club i'm, with I'm that sure is, i'm sure that's just a chris farley it's just touch. him doing yeah it. yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could find a few. I just, I just, I look at what's coming out of David Arquette's mouth, and I'm like, "There's no way someone typed that onto a, a piece of paper and said, here, here's what yeah. you're going to say.'" He might have been so out of control, they just couldn't. They were just like, "Say whatever the fuck you want. We'll edit around you." Yeah, like obviously, like the Montaigne stuff is very scripted. Yeah, Montaigne's right. Montaigne's a pro. Right, Montaigne's yeah. an actor. Yeah, and that's kind of like where they attempted to. But you, he needed to ground it. Did you guys find this movie all that funny? Yes, like you were, I did. You were, oh, yeah. you, were, you were laughing. What were like the parts that, that got you laughing the most? Because I was not like I was smiling and kind of I found it like charming I, at I points, love, but I was I not love, out loud. Laughing. I love the uh, the Rex and Pip dynamic. Me too. I thought that was really good um, when 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 Rex. Uh, puts a wrench on his arm <laughs> when he didn't bring out the tape. I thought that was funny. Um, no, I, I think there are, and I don't know if it's just like, because like muscle memory, like I knew when to laugh when I watched this yeah, as, yeah. as a kid. Uh, but no, I, I still think there are some parts of it that are, that are amusing to me that are that make me laugh. It was funnier than I remembered it being. Like the Farley yeah. stuff got me. Adam yeah, Buscemi, Sandler. Buscemi, Buscemi had me laughing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Joe, Adam Sandler did not have me laughing in this movie. Uh, I, I, I'm Joe, sorry. Joe Montanga had me laughing more now than when yes. I was a kid. I, he was funnier in this movie than I remember. As an adult, he's funnier. Yeah. yeah he's, because like him, I'm just over this shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> what a what a odd casting that somehow works. It works it works perfectly. You ever see all these DJs? Not none of them look cool. Yeah, right. They all look. They all look like Joe Montana. Yeah, perfect right. casting. They just look yeah. like a guy who's like always you, you thought. You pulled he was... the guy out of the Godfather series and put him in like a as like a nineties DJ. You yeah, know? it's it, just such it, an odd it choice. Works, it works. It does work. Though. It works as it a guy work. that's like been in the industry for decades. Yeah, who's just washed yeah. up and, and yeah, just yeah. like pissed off and you know he has he has like the afternoon drive gig. Just chugging beers at work yeah. all day. Thinks he's above it. Like, how? Di- yeah. who are you to fire me? Yeah. Like, uh, kind of, you know, like really believes his own hype. Yeah. Um, I think he crushes it. I, I, I thought, really enjoy I him in it. Michael McKean, I thought was great. Yeah, awesome. Grant, you're, you're, you're a big Michael McKean. Guy, I love right? Michael McKean. Yeah, yeah. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on him too. I think he's in a bit of an acquired taste because he's got kind of like a dialed down approach. Oh, he's very dry. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but his, his dramatic work in... Oh, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck McGill is so good, it's man. So good. I love his character in that. It's I love such a, hard, whole, such a yeah. heartbreaking character. Yeah, but he's yeah. really, really good in it. And yeah, I'm, I'm a Michael McKean, a Michael McKean fan for sure. And and you know, we always love to bring up Clue. No, the uh, the Martin Short. Oh, he's playing the harpsichord. Yeah, the yeah Jiminy, for, Glick. Uh, Jiminy Glick. Jiminy Glick. Any chance he can play the harp? Jiminy Glick. Yes. Plays, the bad leader plays harp. Yeah, he's like his uh, his Kevin Eubanks. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, I know. I know. In, in BPC, that is a that's a divisive show. But God, yes. you and I, you yeah. and I stand Martin tall. Martin Short's got us 
split right down the middle. Yeah, but Michael McKeon, he and he's so good as just the out of touch asshole and this, this, this like sni- the, the what, what, sniveling, sniveling putts. Yep, yeah, just switching over to easy listening, like the white shorts that Joe Montana finds. Just great. freaking hysterical. It's yeah. It, it's, and he's completely, he's really believable at that, in that role. When when Rex is like, oh, even his ponytail's fake. It pulls the ponytail. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, it's great. Not to, to suggest that he hasn't had a, a, a career that most actors would love to have, but do you feel like Steve Buscemi should have had a bigger career? Uh, he has the face of a character actor. He does. He's, does. he's limited by his appearance, and, that, he and like does. let's let's be honest, like I I think he's an immensely talented actor. So really good actor, great. Actor. He's a great actor. I think his, I mean, and that's and that's the same thing with like Paul Giamatti. Like you're not the ever way, gonna the be way like... they look, they they cannot do the leading roles. Yeah, the well, I mean, Giamatti's guy. been able to do it. No, a couple and, but, times, but, but but they're but they're but they're like, but they're seedy criminals. Yeah, so or like, like or they're like not, neurotic. They're not, they're not like quote unquote franchiseable. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you're with, not with, with Giamatti, Brendan, you got you're sideways. Not see Brendan and, Fraser starring in the Mummy. No, like, no, unless he's the Mummy. No, no. Right, Paul, Paul <laughs> <laughs> Buscemi in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd play a good Mummy actually. <laughs> I, I think I think he's great. Uh, yeah, I just don't. Some they're, of the they're, things, just, they're just some guys that just can't. Yeah, G- Giamatti, I think might be a step. Uh, we've just seen we've seen him do Sideways and uh, American Splendor, and you know he's he's sure. got that like kind of neurotic character. But, but those, Buscemi but never are, but made those that. Are like those are character actor roles. It's just the main role. Yeah, They're but Buscemi like, doesn't have a Sideways. Buscemi doesn't have he doesn't have like a Cinderella man. You know he's no. I feel he's, like he's he might have climbed that tier up. Yeah, well, I think it's because Buscemi plays such a good bad guy. Right. That like you That's you, true. you 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 look at him and you see Fargo. Con yeah. Air, you see, yeah. Oh, Con Air, he's great uh, in that. He's see, great in Armageddon. You see, yeah, Rock. you see it with Reservoir Dogs. You, you yep. just see him. You see him in those roles, like, and then you know the the it's turned a little bit with with him working with Sandler, right? Because he's, he's in the more, grown up movies, more, more he's in Mr. Deeds, right? And he was he was great in. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but he was really great in The King of Staten Island. Yes, he was. He was very good in that, and that was a very he was very strong in a weak movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely love him in Sopranos. His character yeah, in Sopranos yeah, yeah, yeah. is tremendous and heartbreaking. I'm not a big Boardwalk Empire guy. I I liked it. That's probably his closest thing to getting like a leading spot, right? Yeah, for sure. And that show, I mean, it, it did well. I mean, what did like five or six seasons? Like it did. Yeah, it wasn't unsuccessful. It wasn't unsuccessful. It just it just it seemed to know, fall but, off. But, but people also, aren't aren't going back to watch but, Boardwalk yeah, Empire. Yeah, and it is. I mean, I mean, it could be the writing and stuff like that too. But like. But he does really work as a 1920s. He looks he looks perfect for a 1920s mobster. Yeah, like it kind of works that way. Have either of you guys seen or heard of Horace and Pete's? We've talked about it. I've seen an episode here and there. Oh, it's, so it's really good. good. He's yeah. he is so so good in it. Louis C.K. is tremendous in it, and uh, uh, Alan Alda. Yeah. Oh my God, the three of them are just. And, and also, um, Edie Falco. Edie Falco too. Great, yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, worth checking out. I think it's on Hulu still. Okay. Just one season. It's ten episodes or eight yeah. episodes. One season. It's a self-contained thing. There's no. It's essentially a play. Right. Uh, it's cool. basically a play broken up episodically by a family who owns a, a bar. Kind of right. lives upstairs and mm-hmm. the bar's downstairs. 
totally worth checking out. What is like the what, for you guys? What will be like the Buscemi Mount Rushmore? Uh, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, Fargo. and Fargo have got to be there, right? Uh, Absolutely, Con Air. I'd probably put Con Air because it's such a weird role. It, I mean, it stands in a, in that movie. Like it's a memorable role. Uh, I I might put Billy Madison. Well, up could, there. well, what if we like? What if we put all the Sandler characters? Because the the homeless guy in Big Daddy is a big one. That's a good too. one. He oh, is that? I guess that's, that's kind of it. With those are the only two. He's in the Mister Deeds, the wonky eyed guy. Okay, in right. Middle yeah, of yeah, nowhere, yeah. Maine. Because I, because yeah. I, for a second there, I was I thought he was the the you can do it guy, but that's Rob that's Schneider. Rob yeah, he's he's in both grown ups movies. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he he's got a heat check and a half in Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. it's great! I mean, that's just, yeah. You know, Reservoir Dogs of Fargo are the no-brainers for him. I yeah. think Con Air has to be there. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Con Air or Armageddon, like sure, one, I, yeah. like it's not both one of those. Yeah, right yeah. I, I think I think I think Con Air is it. But yeah, you could argue either. I think absolutely. Yeah, I feel, Sopranos. I feel like, for I, feel me like too, yeah. I feel like there's a big one that we're missing. I don't know. I've been looking. Through. While we've been talking, I've been going through Boardwalk it. Boardwalk Empire would be something that people would bring up as far as, as roles go. Well, just because I go Sopranos was so prominent though. Like he, he was the lead of that series. Uh, what about him as uh, Buddy Holly in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> I think that misses the mark. <laughs> that one misses the mark a bit. Yeah, that I mean, really, that's it. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I might, He's I might, done I might, so might, much, but yeah, I might put Boardwalk on there just because he started it. Just it was, it was, it was his HBO show, and it was the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Doesn't do it for you? No, <laughs> no. We got we've got a wedding singer too. He's the uh, he's uncredited, oh, I think, in right. that too. Is he uncredited? Uh, I think. Uncredited. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he's he's great. Significant. Oh best, yeah, best yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Great role. Listen, like I said, it's a career that a lot of people would would love to have. Oh, for sure, would love to have the idea of putting hot sauce in guns. <laughs> that is funny, and that and that's something that's like. That was it was kind of of its time and of it of today too, like the realistic looking guns and all that stuff. I love the idea of using water guns to take over a radio station. It's really funny. Like, is there anything more nineties than right. that? <laughs> like Rex taking the gun out like just just way too quickly because he gets Well, he has he has he has issues. He yeah. has work. Well, he's a bit impul- impulsive and just the scene when they all realize they're fucked and just sprint out and the cops out there. I love that, yeah. Like and it, that's uh, Alan Covert. What is the deal with the Rodney King? What, like, do they not know who Rodney King is? Like, what? Well, I think no, it's just a you know they, they do. I think I think they were just doing it just to kind of rub the LAPD's nose in it. I mean, yeah. that was the Rodney King happened just before that, right? So even when like uh, Marcus runs out, you know, they they let the bleach blonde clown run around and Marcus gets like slammed face first into the thing, <laughs> the, into the, the cop car. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're just trying to be like, all right, you guys fucked up. But as they're chanting it, like the, que- the characters are like questioning each other. Like, well, Marcus, the well, black Mar- guy Mar- says, yeah, well, what are you like, talking what about? What the fuck are they doing? Like, like Marcus like, like, what's the point of this? And he goes, he's that guy. Yeah. Cause Pip probably doesn't know. Pip has no idea. Yeah. And Pip has the conversation. Why isn't black people like me? Right, yeah. He's like, don't you ever hate it when you're going to a store, minding your own business, and people are following you because they think you steal? Yvonne's like, that's never happened to me. Does that happen to you? No, no. Oh, look at Chaz doing his thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The the crowd scenes are funny. Um, When when Rex runs out, he's like, oh, we got beer and cool shit in here. It is is funny. Like, we were in a band. We we weren't, like, as close to making it as they were by by any stretch, but, like, it would, the idea of being in a band and having people like eat out the palm of your hand is always very enticing to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, and like, and be able to just like con- who wouldn't want to be a rock star? Be able know? to control the crowd like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. You it's, were willing to go to jail for rock and roll? <laughs> the... I'm going to call this an arc here. The uh, <laughs> the progress of this movie. Because we're essentially in the same location the whole time. We get like a little spoof yeah. on the Die Hard. Um, the, same the, parking the same, lot. Yeah, the same, same lot from Die Hard. Yeah, so they're doing a little spoof di- there. The Nakatomi Plaza is right, right across the parking lot there. Yes. They got Ernie yeah. Hudson to kind of do the Carl Winslow role <laughs> there. The only oh, other real Michael location. Richards the, Michael Richards in the vent. Yep. yep. And yeah. John McClane in the vent. The yeah. only really thing we get here. After they take over the station, the only other location we go to is the is the White Zombie concert, really. Other than the flash yeah, to, to the girlfriend in the car, I I mean I I you know any kind of concert venue situation like that, I'm going to dig a scene like that. Like I I love the whiskey oh, for scenes sure. and yeah. and you know seeing White Zombie on stage was, <laughs> was a trip. I'm definitely a Rob Zombie fan when it comes to the music and the things, and I, yeah. I loved White Zombie back in the day too. And yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was very cool, kind of seeing the flashback there. And I'm... Yeah, like like I said, like this is a time capsule movie. Reeks of 1994. Oh yeah, it yeah. it's it lives there. Mm-hmm. Like this can't go anywhere else. I mean, yeah. there's Confederate flags on the Rebel Radio logo. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bleed into the nitpick zone just yet, but I do have to ask a question: Are Beavis and Butthead real life people in the world of this movie, or are the cartoons like? Well, they also live in Texas. Do the cartoons yeah. like are are the cartoons people? Are they just people who sound like Beavis and Butthead? Were these people imitating no, I, Beavis I and Butthead? Think, no, I think it's no, I think they're supposed to be Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, they're supposed to be the, the cartoons, the right? They they say they saw them at the whiskey, right? You guys suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apparently, they moved out of Southern Texas from this point and now moved in L.A. In L.A., I'm sure they can really pay rent in L.A. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, it, it torn, it's following Guar around. Yeah. That's just to get Mike Judd. That that's keeping uh, uh, it 1994. I, I, it's fully ridiculous. know yeah. what they were yeah. doing, but like you can't think about it too much. There is a major leap in logic there. Like oh, are these, oh, these cartoon God. characters have now come to life. Is it like the the and Simpsons? sharing a phone? Is it the Simpsons episode where Homer like gets, goes through the 3D door and like it's like walking around and then <laughs> erotic erotic cakes? cakes. <laughs> I mean, just, just the fact that they're sharing one phone. Are they handing it off? Are they in different rooms? I don't know. Probably in different rooms. Yeah. yeah they're on no, they could just have the receiver in front of both of their mouths, yeah. maybe. Or it's they're listening. Yeah, the yeah that's that's something that you you can't you can't think about. You just have to yeah. kind of. But like, again, this is very is very of its time. Like if you have like Adam watch this movie, he's not gonna know who, what the hell. Adam he, Hitchcock, right? Yeah, yeah not not St. John. Uh, he's not gonna like. He doesn't know Beavis and Butthead are. He may. Rob, well, I mean, you know, the they've, they've, they just had a new movie come out. They've just been revived. They were revived about yeah. 10 years ago. But does anyone, does anyone, does anyone under 35 watch that? I don't know, man. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough but, I, you know, the awareness of it. Well, the problem is, I mean, talk about some of the licensing stuff. The original Beavis and Butthead doesn't exist because the music video licensing, they can't yeah. do. Yeah. And that's the shame because those were, like, the best parts of the shows, too. It was yeah, the that, best part of That the revival was... Just not the same. When they released the DVDs, and it was like, oh, they have everything but the music? Yeah. I'm like, well, then why, why even watch this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the music videos are great. Yeah, it's, just, it's just the best. Along with that. Yeah. Can you access that anywhere at this point? You can probably find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure there's... Yeah. You'll probably find some of them, at least. Speaking of no. MTV references here, Kurt Loder. Yeah. Why? 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 I I never understood Kurt Loder. What is it? That's that's where He's I got older. my news as an adult. M- I looked M- this MTV up. MTV News. He's older than my parents. Yeah. Yeah. What? 
what's the what was the game plan here? With bringing Greg some Ryder? authority like, in for he was, MTV he was like, News. He was the Walter Conkright of music. It yeah, was... he was the only newsman I trusted. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't trust him too, but it's just an odd. Is that what it is? We're we're going to make the Walter Cronkite of. Well, it was it was him, Tabitha Stevens, right? They yeah, but the, all the other the ones first. were Kennedy, and and they, they all like they all made some sense. Like they're all younger and like trying to be hit. Sure. Like, he but like was just an old nine, guy. But like in like starting with the 1992 election, they started like really getting like rock the vote stuff. So they probably started pulling in some real wanting to pull in some real journalists. And Kurt Loder, they were like, "All right, we like you. You know about music. People seem to respond to you." We'll just give you a lot of money. Every hour, you have to give us three minutes. He was born in the 40s. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's older than my parents. He's still alive. Alive and kicking. Is he? Yeah. 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 I thought... It, well, good for he's him. Still, I don't know if he's still reporting on MTV. I don't know who watches no. MTV anymore. I, mean, I think... I mean, MTV is just ridiculousness and then the challenge once a week. And the VMAs apparently still go on. Yeah. And well, Even they take over no like every videos. channel. Yeah, yeah, because because it's owned by Viacom. Viacom. It's just a pain in the. You just can't watch anything. So it's like an MTV, MTV Two, Comedy Central, VH One, CMT. It's everywhere. I watched about three minutes of it this year. I didn't know. I hadn't seen one of the videos. I didn't. I only knew about one of the artists, and I was like, I, I don't belong here. I don't belong. Uh, well, there's another Buscemi one with that. Hey, you fellow kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of my favorite memes. Uh, one of my I, favorite I, memes. I just I just looking this up. Uh, MTV News started in 1987. Okay, what's so right after the launch? I think what, yeah. the launch is 84? Uh, 84, 85. Later, right. Yeah. It was like probably, probably Kurt Loder and Chris Connolly were probably the two. Right, Chris yeah, Connolly. Chris Connolly. And, and who's the other guy with um, who kind of looks... John Norris. John Norris. Oh yes. shit! I yeah. forgot about John Norris. Yeah, um, I was gonna say he kind of looks like the guy in the yeah, stands he's, in Waterboy. Right. I said Joe Montana. But he's he's a little <laughs> bit. But he's younger. I mean, he was born in '59. Uh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, Tabitha yeah, Kennedy Swan. was one that was, I remember. Was, uh, was Kennedy MTV News? She was on MTV News. She was just one of the VJs, okay. I thought. Um. Oh, maybe I'm getting. Maybe I'm getting confused. Who was the girl with the glasses? And that's Kennedy. That's Kennedy. Right. I just hair, I just but... thought she was one of the VJs. Matt Pinfield. I always liked. Loved Matt Pinfield. Oh, yeah. Loved Matt Pinfield. He was on the radio in New York here, yeah. too. The, the first day of MTV, August 1st, what year? What is our guesses here? 82. Oh, I'm going to say 85. 81. Get out of here. August 1st, 1981. The bugle starting shit. Wow. That's right. No, I knew that. Uh, vi- vi- video uh, video, video killed, killed the radio, radio star. star. Chris, yeah. Chris is older than MTV. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Chris is the Chris is the Kurt Loader of BBC. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so I mean, we you you nailed that there, Joe. The first video played on on MTV. I feel like that was kind of like a, a little trivia fact. Can you name the second and third though? In eighty August of eighty one. I would love if there's someone out there who's just rattled it right out. Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm sure someone. Pat Benatar was the second video played, and it was "You Better Run," which I'm actually not familiar with. That yeah, song. I don't think I know I that song know either, one. and I know. And third was Rod Stewart. She won't dance with me. So oh. that was the lineup they had there. Uh, well, the Buggles can't can't knock them all. Pat Benatar and Rod Stewart. So. That's very. It's, it's so. It's just very interesting how much how much has changed. 
Very little music on it nowadays. No. Well, and it's like there was no music on when it started. So it's like kind of like this was this new crazy thing that's not going to work. And then yeah. it becomes this huge thing in the 80s. Well, it completely... Peaks rev- in the 90s. It completely revolutionized the music industry and how yeah. people... Music videos access, were important. Access new music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was... Remember, what was the show? And um, then making the video? Like it was an entire TV show on them making oh music God. videos. Yeah. yeah. And then... And then the internet killed the video star. <sighs> Yeah, internet. Yeah, really, I mean, now it's just yeah. ridiculousness, which is pretty much let's all watch YouTube together. Yeah, well, that's just wasting your time. Go out, yeah. and, go out and get some fresh. No, air that's if you brutal. Want to watch yeah. that. The well, that's probably what my parents said about about music videos too. Though, so. <laughs> the challenge is on sometimes, and I don't even know what else is on MTV anymore. Uh, Cat- is Catfish still Catfish on? Catfish is still going. Okay, I still watch that. I like I like Catfish. I like Catfish. My, my wife and I watch Catfish. Big fan of Neve. Yeah. I, when that movie came out, the original Catfish, my wife was then my girlfriend. We were at, we were yeah. living together. We were at our parents' house, and I rented it for like $9 on on demand without <laughs> telling anybody. <laughs> what were the other moments of this movie that stood out to you this time around that, that got you cracked up or that you know that you found extra entertaining or would just kind of... My, one of, like, just a scene I like is when they're all sitting there and, um, you know, Ian the shark is asking about tattoos and it gets to the, you know, the death thing. And I like very much when Chaz talks about how, you know, he's just average, just screwed up enough, like he thinks he can do something. Like as dumb as he is and as kind of misguided as he seems throughout, at that point I'm like, oh, all right, now I'm really, root- now I kind of understand why I'm rooting for you a little bit more. And then it gets into yeah. the wonderful, if it's too loud, you're too old scene. And then just yeah. them all dancing around and it goes into the fun crowd scene. Like I, I really enjoy that piece. A little monologue in the beginning where he's like, you know, you ever, you know, like, you ever play for a, for a band, the only people there are the other bands and their girlfriends. Oh God. That, that was a little too real for that me. Was very real to, that was very <laughs> real for me. And he's like, I'm in the clubs and I'm living it. I am rock and roll. I, I thought I was like, yeah, I fucking relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> I geez. relate to it all too well. Yeah, I, you go to, a, go to an open mic and it's just open mic players watching each other. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's tough. It's, I mean, listen, man, it was a tough... It, 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 I mean, it really isn't even in the industry anymore. I mean, the, the established no. guys are just going, still going on tour just to basically that's make money. So, that's the only way you make yeah. money now. You only make money through touring and like merchandise. Like you don't record sales are not a thing anymore. I think five cents a song on Spotify doesn't do it. I don't even. Yeah, is it is it that much for like the big guys? <laughs> yeah. So like if you get like a, so if you have like a hundred plays, it's like five bucks or something like that. Yeah, so and it's, it's just like, really. I mean, if you're still doing it now, it's just about the passion of it, and there is a passion too. And there's like a great oh, you mentioned sure. before, like like controlling the crowd. I'm like, listen, I've done both. Like I've I've, I've played in front of an empty bar where there's nobody there but the bartenders or the, the workers there and you know i played at a, a place for about a thousand people you know opening for was a a wild child a, yeah a, i was there a, you were, Jordan, yeah, you were there i was there, there. I was yes. there too yeah at the, the paramount the, the yeah. door, doors trivia, band. The doors trivia yeah, that band. was a blast yeah. you crushed it was, it. it was a full it was a pretty full spot it was packed yeah, it was had a big crowd we had a dressing room and uh catering you know it was uh i get to write my name on the on the wall people who played there like corn was on it uh, maynard was on it uh deftones elvis costello played there uh Did elvis really? costello yeah, yeah. Ed, ed sheeran like when, when billy first, joel yeah like some huge fucking names and you're yeah. on that wall yeah i'm like, on the that's wall. no joke i'm on the wall the wall's probably it's getting more and more crowded these days but uh so you know, i've seen i've seen both sides of that i mean not, not that that's like the that the, the the peaks of the peaks. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to like headline like a giant sell out the stadium. garden. Yeah, yeah, sell out the garden. Jeez, you know, like anything like that. Even the um, even the guys who've opened for those types of acts. You know, if like yeah. you're the fifth opener, no one's there to see you, but you just 
you get to play on the same you're stage there. as Metallica yeah, or of course, yeah. you know, Springsteen or you know one of those mega bands. People are yeah, people are still like filing in or whatever, and you're like, who cares? Like you're like you're playing in one of the most world-renowned venues. Yeah, that matters. Those yeah. club shows though are always my my favorite to go to though. Like like the intimate. I mean, so it's a lot of. I mean, New oh, York City sure. has has some good good music venues and that, but like that like that type of place that the called the Whiskey is what it was called. Yeah, yeah. That that White Zombie was playing. Those are the, the most fun shows to go. Sweaty to. walls. Yeah, places like like Hammerstein Ballroom yep. and like well, Roseland isn't around anymore. Bowery. Like, I yep. used to love Roseland. Roseland was awesome. Roseland was great. Yeah, yeah, I went to Roseland all the time. Um, Irving Plaza. Yep, Irving Plaza. We, we some so, mega death at Irving Plaza. It's like, oh my god, like yeah. that's cool. That's, that's really cool to, yeah. these, to these guys. I saw, yeah, I saw Andrew WK there. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's pretty rad. Um, it's it, one of the things that I I enjoyed about watching this movie was just some of the metal shoutouts. You know, I love the, a lot of the because yeah. it's kind of like a, you know, the Motorheads of the world and the Anthraxes of the world. Like those. Even Pantera, like it's really like a subgenre that is not quite mainstream, and, and to see an, it in a, a movie niche. like this, it's a niche now. It is a niche. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to see Lemmy, <laughs> Lemmy your God, I, I fire was so fired up when Lemmy was. Uh, I was the school newspaper the editor. editor, the editor of school paper. I was the editor of school magazine. <laughs> That's great. Time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Let me impressions, dude. They are <laughs> you painful. Be, you gotta be careful. It hurts the throat. You gotta be careful. Good lord. <clears throat> Just the whole outside crowd stuff. When you know the cops try to. Like oh Chester and the you know the crowd just supports them even more. Yeah. yeah. Now did you see the other bands that were possibly in the White Zombie slot there? Oh, Hatebreed. Uh, no, no, Hatebreed's a little later. That's a, a Connecticut band there, and that, that's like more of a new post new metal. Okay. Then it was a Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Yeah. And the reason they didn't go with Cannibal Corpse was because apparently, and I don't remember this. Apparently, Cannibal Corpse is in Ace Ventura. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is the scene? Um. All right. So it's it was when, Jim Carrey's like favorite it, band. Yeah, it's, so. when yeah. Jim, it's when Jim Carrey goes to talk to that, uh, like his, his spy guy, like the guy, the, the other computers, you know, like, oh, uh, what's the password? New England, you know, clan yeah, yeah, New England. Is yeah. it the red or the white? Yeah, that guy. So yeah. like that was, he was, he was downstairs. Of okay. That and they were playing in that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and the other band that they offered it to, but the band declined was Metallica. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Metallica's a little too big. Probably too big yeah, for this, Yeah, 94, right? they're post-Center Sandman. Right. They're touring the Black Album at this yeah, point, and so. they're on, like, the you know, year three tour of it. And yeah, I think Load they're comes big. out two years later, yeah. Yeah, I think White Zombie is, like, just big enough. Yeah, we're talking about, we're kind of talking about Metallica, like, you know, not they're not at their touring peak, but kind of at their popularity peak. I mean, this is, like, this is when... They probably have now just broken off from opening for Guns N' Roses. Now they're doing their their yeah. own mega tours, and I don't know. It would have it would have been a, it would have looked a little too big for this movie. I mean, I don't think they would have played and the not in the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. played. They hadn't played in the whiskey ten years at they, that point. Yeah, they would have played the Forum or right. Know. It does like I was like thinking about because I mean Metallica is, is was noticeably not mentioned in this movie, so that which kind of annoyed me until I did the research and then saw that they were offered a spot and they declined. So that yeah. it was. Obviously intentional that they didn't they didn't mention them. Also, Metallica is probably a little too mainstream for what this movie was going for at that point. Anyway. The power slop, the yeah. very like niche thrash yeah, metal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. which Metallica certainly was in the '80s, but by the '90s they were you know, right. on MTV and and 
sold you know? out, man. Yeah. Well, was it? They didn't. I guess people were starting to say they sold out by Black Album, but it wasn't a load where they were really where well, cut, their hair, were, cut their hair. Right. They oh cut their God, hair. How dare they? People thought they were getting a little grungy. Well, heaven forbid. Well, I mean, well, I remember Headfield's telling a story where, like, where Metallica fans were like, or like somebody spit on him because he made a music video for Enter Sandman. It's like, all right, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Allison Chains had the had the MTV unplugged. And on one of their guitars, not not Lane Staley, but Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell uh, wrote, uh, "Friends don't let friends cut their hair." Oh, is what uh, he wrote on the on the guitar. Well, and was, Allison Chains got so much shit from being in L.A. like hair band that went up to Seattle. So that's funny. Yeah, um, they're very close friends, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was because um, when 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 was that? Was that ninety six or is that that? Well, that's going to be right after Load came out. So that's ninety six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like summer '96. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a really, really good version of "Tuesday's Gone," a cover song with uh, with Metallica, Jerry Cantrell, uh, Pepper Keenan of Corrosion and Conformity, and John Popper from Blues Travel. Oh wow! That's oh, what a Popper's crew! On the, yeah, That's Popper's a, on the yeah. on the um, the uh, the harmonica Two, doing his thing. "Tuesday's Gone," the Skinner song. Yeah, the Skinner song. Okay. It's it's actually on the Garage Inc. album, but so you can you can just get it on Spotify. Or whatever. It's, okay. about, it's about seven and a half minutes long, but it's like. There's killer solos on there. I think uh, Pepper Keenan sings like the second verse. Hetfield does the first and third. That's cool. It's really, really awesome performance. They did it. At, it's a live performance too. So they did great. it at like a radio station. That's really cool. Um, live at a, a live in studio. Like right, a live right. in studio performance. That's that's worth checking out. Are we okay with uh, the Lone Gunman as a name for a group? The Lone the Lone, lone Rangers? Rangers. The Lone Rangers. The Lone Gunman is the X Files. X Files. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you know made sense because the. At least from the X Files standpoint, to answer your question, yes, I am okay with it. But the Lone Gunman was a play on Lone. the 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 magazine name of the right. of the conspiracy theory magazine was the Lone Gunman, M A N. Yeah. And the team that made the magazine called themselves the Lone Gunmen. Gun so yeah. it's a play on words. Any plays on words do not have to be grammatically correct. Sure. Right. Does them so confused about why everybody was asking about the Lone Gun, the Lone Rangers? Yeah, but it's uh, hysterical. Yeah, but uh, three people can be alone against the world. Sure. They're a team yeah. lone. Oh, I'm fine with it. It's just hysterical. It them funny. being like, "What do you mean?" Like not yeah. even grasping why it's a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we call you the Three Rangers? Yeah. <laughs> what so do you mean? You lost me. I don't know. Yeah, Should I was wondering if this face? was going to turn into a Batman Batman conversation again. No, 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 no. Joe Montagna's interaction with Pip in that in that scene was very funny to me too. He's like, "Well, what are you guys called?" He's like, "I'm Pip." He's like, "The band, <laughs> <laughs> the band name." <laughs> Joe Montagna go like. Just like really connecting with Chaz, but just having no tolerance for Pip and Rex is very well, funny. I mean, well, Pip's an idiot and Rex is an asshole. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. There's yeah. also one little amazing moment where, you know, he he, so he lets the three of them in the studio and he's bored, obviously. So he's like, yeah, I get my six minutes of airtime, whatever. I can, you know, I can fill it however I want. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll give you guys the, the, the platform or whatever. And he's talking to them. And then there's the moment after McKeon kind of confronts Buscemi and Buscemi pulls out the pulls out the gun, <laughs> yeah. and the, uh, Montaigne's reaction oh, is fucking classic. So he goes, "Crazy!" He goes, "Oops! Well, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. Like this is they they actually are crazy people." Yeah. So, oh fuck! <laughs> it was 
it was it felt it felt like a very genuine moment. Yep. Yeah, right. right. It's like yeah. it's like I'm so bored. I'm gonna let this happen, and then it just oh, this could not have gone it's worse. Like, oh, this that really was, backfired. That was a mistake. <laughs> Anything else we have to cover here before we move on to, to nitpicks and awards? B. B Arthur, outstanding. Arthur, yeah, that stuff. Um, I yeah. know who B. Arthur is. But why <laughs> are you making me get that? Yeah. Right. Oh God! Uh, are are we ready to to head over to the nitpick zone? I feel like we can cover most of the movie in the nitpick sure. zone in this one. Off we go. Okay, the nitpick zone for airheads. Like, I, all right, I have a lot, but I'm not gonna be like a dick about it because there's obvious like when when you're doing stupid comedies you have to just like, yeah the person yeah. I, to me a nitpick isn't when someone is like when the joke is that this is so outrageous that it would never happen yeah that's not a nitpick to me that's right. like you have to realize what you're watching so i, I kind of stayed away from that a little bit and went to more like questions of logic in uh, in in some of the i'm a little mixed the yeah okay because like i'm well aware that the cops wouldn't actually go out and get it fill up a a, a bucket of uh, fill up a football helmet with cottage cheese. Like they right. wouldn't actually do that in negotiating situations. Right. But. right. All right. So Joey, I'll let you go first here. There's only like seven that. people in the most popular rock radio station in LA. I, I, it's I a huge know. building. I don't, I don't know. How I don't know how works. that works. I've it's been a inside, huge building. I've been inside serious radio before in the, in the, Mid two thousands, there were definitely a lot more than seven people in there. But I don't know—is a radio station in the nineties? This wasn't, you know, like the whatever the Long Island radio station that's in like Farmingdale, that's like a standalone one floor building. This was like a huge building. Like I know, like like in Play Misty for me, where Clint Eastwood's the DJ, it's really just him and another guy. That's a San Francisco radio station. And but this is a major works, radio. He works station. overnights right, too. That's different. Yeah, I don't know. I I. I it seems it seems like a legit nitpick. I don't know. Yeah, seems like that we can leave that question up for the ether there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grant, what do you? Uh, got? I got one, and this is common in movies with guns in it. Uh, this is a common nitpick I have. When a gun falls to the floor, it does not start going off. Check it off my box. I had yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's something that happened. It, happens. it certainly doesn't fire off an entire clip. No, yeah. an entire. <laughs> by the way, there's way more than one clip in that. Ooze, in that. Yeah. In that machine, like those yeah. things. Those things run out of bullets really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Okay. I have absolutely had that one. Yeah, that, is a, that is a ridiculous movie trope. Let's go to another movie trope right here, and I think I brought this up on a version of this in our Elf episode. The movie trope of everybody in the city listening to the same radio station. <laughs> just drives me insane. I, it just there's no way that every single person on a Friday night is on a Friday night is listening to this one metal hard rock radio station. Like just like everybody at the bar isn't watching the news that Santa's in the right. park and the in in yeah. yeah. So I, that, I think just, listening to the radio station is more believable than watching the news at a bar, especially especially at that time. Right. Okay, but, you guys kind of brushed back on me a little bit at on on the Elf episode. Yeah, so you've kind of I've won you over a little like, bit. It seems them all listening to this you know when they're re- getting ready to go out all these like it, i'm okay with that yeah and this is also like i feel like in the in the midnight especially with people in their cars and stuff with people they weren't listening to because they weren't i mean i guess they had cassettes and stuff but so like, like, they're iPod. not the entire city is not listening to the same but, but it's not it's, the whole it's city the it's the rocks like the girlfriend's walking on the side of the road and she overhears like the like these people listen. To the, I yeah, it's a no. it's a movie trope that just drives me nuts. Yeah. Okay, Joey, back back to you here. They couldn't build a stage. They had a helicopter it in. <laughs> I, 
I, I mean, is that just I, streamlining? I, I, I think I actually think it would be more efficient, both labor wise and cost wise, just like to grab a to to helicopter in. Hey. Stage. I swear to it, 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 to how? build to build. You know how much work it takes to build the stage. They had to build it somewhere. Yeah, there's helicopter. Prob- it's, prob- it's probably already erected somewhere. I don't jo- know. No, can, it, can you helicopter in a stage? Yeah, can you even do that? Yeah, that thing's not holding still. Wouldn't you need multiple helicopters? Right. I feel like that it would weigh stable. The- that thing has to be. Sta- I still, I still think it's easier than than building an entire stage. I'm, I'm concerned the stage weighs more than the helicopter does. Yeah, I, don't, I just. <laughs> Like, just no way that's the most efficient. They did it because they thought it looked awesome. It looked like they were bringing King Kong to this thing. I know it's, I know Chaz was a perfectionist in, uh, in the audio quality. You wouldn't just bring the backup cassette just in case. I have uh, a few questions with this one. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel like our, our 90s radio station knowledge is a little limited. But if, if he were walking around with that, what what even was that? It's like a reel to reel. Like uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the uh, terminology. But for if it. some bum had that, I gotta think there's a way to play it in a radio station, right? right? Well, they did. They did. Ha- I mean, they did have a way to play it. But then Kayla fucked shit up. But then, oh well, no, it was before that, right? It was when well, they, it wasn't. They, re- they, were they, were they, oh, like, went on fire. The tape went on fire. Yeah, right. But we only do. But it started off. We only do tapes and uh, CDs. CDs. He did say CDs. Okay, tapes and CDs. And Pip was the smart one there, telling him to bring it. You'd think if he's doing all these elaborate plans to break into like Palantine Studios, he'd and have every listening version. He would have a backup. He yeah. would have the reel to reel, a cassette, and a CD. So whatever they had, he wouldn't be able to get turned around. They probably didn't have a CD. And but whatever, yeah. uh, whatever options they yeah, had, the Lone sure. Rangers had. They should they have brought bring. that cassette. Uh, yeah. As a forgetful person, uh, I you know. I can't say that I wouldn't be guilty. But it wasn't, it wasn't that he forgot. He, 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 chose, he chose not to not yeah. bring it. Wouldn't the snipers take these guys out in two seconds once they leave the building? I mean, we have snipers in the early nineties here, and these he, guys have these guys I have that, that automatic. Is, that, is, that is a last resort. Yeah, these guys have automatic in of, weapons no, in, in front of. Crowd. Not trying to in kill people of, in, front in front of a crowd. You start a riot of people. No, not unless they have some a gun before the crowd even formed, though. Oh, then there's no reason to no. That at that at that point there was, they they really weren't. No, they want that ended they, peacefully and calmly. Yeah, they don't that, want, that especially is, after the riot. The riots. La, that, that's, oh yeah, that's that a okay. last resort. Okay, they're letting people go. Like they let Yvonne go, no problem, so she could go home and watch The Simpsons. Like yeah. they, I, I feel like the cops are playing this one real fast and loose. Maybe you can say that the Rodney King stuff is the, I is think, the answer to that. I think you could criticize the cops for being a little bit like forgiving but I, I don't think the snipers are playing a role in this and like ernie hudson just looks like a beat cop why is he in charge of hostage negotiations right like he's not that's a, gr- a good question he's not, yeah like that's more that's a nitpick yeah they're not throwing the snipers in there like they're probably there but they're not they don't want to kill people in front of this crowd for no reason especially, especially a bunch of jabronis well, especially especially in 1994 right. where like public opinion of police were like especially in la low. this yeah. is this is terrorism though i mean this is like they they don't have pistols. Those are massive guns. Yeah, like they're they, not, like they're they not could, throwing the snipers in there for that. They're not going to have them take them out. Not not unless not unless they have legitimate concern that they're going to use. Yeah, them. because they said do us if you let somebody go, they let somebody go. The radio people are interacting with them clearly on the radio. They're not going to then just start killing people. We'll stick with the cops on this one. 
the, the biker gang approaching the cop aggressively, approaching Chris Farley aggressively in the cu- club like that. I, there's just there's no one doing that. I'm sorry, there's just not. No, that's absolutely a not uniformed true. police in in a bar or concert venue is not getting like roughed up or or approached like that. In or his a game. badge ripped off his shirt. Yeah, yeah, he might get dirty looks. I think he'll get fucked with, not pulling the badge off, but they yeah, will fuck him up and looks. they'll threaten him. Yes, they'll say things, but they're not going to put their hands on it. You just wouldn't. Right. You, you don't, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little naive, but I feel like if you're going to a concert or a bar to hang out and like someone shows up there, they're, you're you're on your own time having your own good time. You're but not, they're looking at it because they, they weren't really involved until they thought he was harassing Kayla. So now they think they're protecting one of their own from him. And they're also, they're bad dudes. Yeah, they're, they're bad, they they're have, bad they guys. Nipple, they have nipple rings. They're bad dudes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, under that terms, then after he ripped the nipple ring off, they beat the shit out of him. If that was really the case, like, well, that would probably be more realistic. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see someone approaching a uniformed cop like that. In you, no, it's definitely a stretch. Be, speaking of uh, uniformed cops and getting assaulted after the whole Chester thing outside, when uh, Kayla runs into the runs into the radio yeah. station, she knees Marshall Bell in the balls. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. It, does, it doesn't assault. matter. Like you're, you just assaulted yeah. a police officer. Oh, yeah. and yes, you're yes. going to fucking jail. Yeah, yeah, she's she's not dancing. She's in a women's no. prison at that yeah, point. You yes. are. You cannot knee a you, cop. You are like at least spending the night in jail. At least. Well, no, he's a douche. So he's making sure she's going away for oh, assaulting yeah, yeah. a cop. That's like true. if it was Ernie Hudson, he'd be more forgiving. She's he's he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were a little fast and loose with some of that stuff. I mean, again, probably played for comedy. I mean, I, I, this one I don't shouldn't need to say this, but a low rider coming up and down on top of a cassette tape. I mean, that thing is is chiclets at that, <laughs> at that point. I mean, come on, it's like, come destroyed. On. Yeah, yeah. Again, comedy. I guess is what they. But come on now. Yeah, I mean that, that that's not findable at that You're point. Insert, insulting my intelligence at that point. This big radio station only has one soundboard. They don't. Have multi, they don't. They they should have multiple. They should have multiple studios. Right. Yeah. It's a big building too, right? Like there's that. not yeah. there's not an old there's not a backup just in case. Like what happens if they legitimately have a short there? There's no radio. Maybe they did and didn't feel like accommodating them. Oh, At that well, point, they're pretty on their side. Low, low knowledge of radio stations at this point. I, I'm, I can't really contribute too much there. Okay, so now this one is a little more of a question. So the confiscated card. The machine just eating the card after putting in the wrong right, the code. Wrong code. <laughs> I mean, that. I hope that was never a thing, right? I that mean, it's got to ni- at least give you a second chance. That was like a night. That was all over the nineties, though. Like the amount of like sitcoms and TV where I remember, like, oh, you got it wrong in the ATM. Your card's gone. Like that was a stupid thing that was just rampant in the nineties for some reason. I can't yeah, imagine was, it was real. There was no way that was that was no way going to get confiscated like no. that. Yeah, I mean, I've had my card eaten by one of those machines before. Because I didn't pull it out quick enough. Okay. You know when you it, oh, wow. it spits it out and it like holds it there. So and like I was kind of like doing something else like in a, my like car. Would, so like they do that in order to prevent identity. Theft yeah, it's like a security that. thing. Yeah, like yeah. If you forgot, if you oh, drove wow. away without grabbing right. it, it'll suck it back in. And I happen to be like there just doing something else. Looked up and it's going back. I grab it. No. And then, oh yeah, shit! I, I didn't even realize it did that. Yeah, so yeah. that's more realistic now because I thought that was just insane. That was like a stupid '90s thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So and, and they wouldn't come to get the card for getting the pin wrong once. Right. You right. give you what if you I mean you'd be, you'd be taking cards left and right and people yeah. punches it in the how, way. By the way, how long is this fucking pin? It was like, uh was it seven numbers? It seven six or seven numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the pins are four, right? were they were they longer back then? I mean mine's five. 
uh, I hate to admit this, guys. Mine's seven. Is it really? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so I think that tracks. Six. Six. What is it? I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> five, 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 five. Any more, guys? Any others? Uh, I, I, I think I'm, I'm good. I have one more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mine, are, mine are like real nitpicky at this point. Okay. I do have one more though. I gave you a little inside of, of my experience with drummers of the past, and mm-hmm. kind of how they are and behave. Here's one thing they don't do. Okay, drummers don't walk around with their sticks drumming on random things like vans and such, uh, pronouncing "I'm the drummer in the band." That's like, that's like another insulting movie trope. Got to think like, oh, I guess he's the drummer. He's it's all over movies. He's drumming on the van. He's like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, the drummers stick stay in their pocket, and then they like warm up before they go, and they don't they don't start drumming. You know who drums on? Who picks up the sticks and drum? The rhythm guitarist picks up the drumsticks and starts yeah. drumming on the van. You know, if and any, the drummer says, "Give me my fucking drumsticks back." If if don't any, touch my drums. If, <laughs> if anything, the drummer is like tapping on his his legs. Yes. If, if, if he feel if he hears something or like he's working something out. He'll like tap it on his thighs. Yes, yeah. yes. But it doesn't really get any any more involved than that. No, he's not casually going around just tapping the van. Just with hitting, stick. yeah, just yeah, to letting everyone know. Hitting garbage cans. Yeah. No, no, no. Hey, if you're a drummer out there and you do that, come on, hit us up at Best Picture Cast. Sure. Wherever, wherever Michael Richards would not have been able to climb through those grates so cleanly. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's another movie trope. Yeah, right? but like, like I'm cool with Bruce Willis doing it. Michael Richards isn't doing it. Yep. Spoof, spoof territory though. Spoofing Die it's, Hard a little bit. I get it, but he's a fucking clown. Yep, he's he's in, he's, he's on the Joey R radar. Oh, he's, he's there. Seinfeld guy, Joe. Oh, I love Seinfeld. Oh, okay, Grant Grant Seinfeld. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel we have to give a little love. To love Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and love Kramer. It is. It's. Well, maybe it's not a shame, but I was going to say it's a shame Michael Richards didn't make it outside of Seinfeld. No, he, he, he kind of he, he he He's had his rough moments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? But. Oh, you did. You don't hear remember about the meltdown? We're yelling the N word at a comedy show. It was like a major story. Oh, shit! I completely forgot about that. That was like five, six years ago, right? No, that was longer than that. That was like ten plus years ago. I completely blanked that out. There was the South Park episode on it. Even Kirby enthusiasm. Even like he went on and kind of like spoofed it a little bit. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the bridges have been mended to a degree. Sure, but and also like he just exists as Kramer. He's nothing else. Also, his career wasn't really doing much. No trial by trial and error trial wasn't and a big error. hit. Or, was not a, that or was a bad movie. Bad guy and problem child, right? Really? Jeff, Jeff Daniels is in it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying yeah. he was the bad guy and problem child too. But isn't he kidnap? Oh, oh, Michael Richards was. Michael Richards. Yeah, I don't remember. He like kidna- kidnaps a little redhead brat. He was in UHF. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was the custodian. Oh shit. Okay. F- now it's time for the fire hose. <laughs> 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 Shoots all the kids with the fire hose right in the face. Uh, that movie's Susan Coneheads. Yeah. Did, did I get the right problem child? Yeah, you're right. Martin Beck. The first one or the second one? First. I've seen both. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a great no, career. Not a great career. No. I mean, listen, Seinfeld alone is... A, and, and we've talked about TV TV stars get in their niche and that's what they're... Yeah. And listen, he's made more money than oh, I'll the, ever make from doing royal, Seinfeld. So good for him. Like it's, that. Yeah. And Kramer is... An iconic character. It, well, it's very hard to be an iconic, iconic television character and then do something else. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. You know, particularly in the comedy genre. Hundred no, percent. Because, because, like, when people are just, when people are talking about airheads, they say, "Oh, then Kramer went up to the yeah, <laughs> right, one yeah. of the vents." And it's it's funny though. Like that's one of my memories of this from seeing it. Oh, really? In middle school. Like, but 
because I didn't start watching Seinfeld till like eighth grade. Okay. And I probably saw Airheads in like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. So he was just the annoying guy in the vents to me. I didn't <laughs> I didn't remember him as Kramer. Like I totally yeah. remember the guy in the vents who's like disrupting the plot and that like right. just oh, taking away such an annoying thing going on right now that this guy's pissing me off. And I remember that. I'm like, oh, it's definitely that annoying guy in the vents. And then I'm watching I'm like, oh shit, it's, it's Kramer. It's fucking yeah. Michael Richards. So yeah. Man. Funny how the how the mind works. I recently did I, not recently at this point. It's probably like two years. I did like a whole Seinfeld rewatch. That show is fantastic. You know, I've never done it in order. I've never done it's, it the straight first, through. The first, the first few episodes are really tough. I think like there's some like good parts about it, but you can tell like how raw it is. Yeah, I kind of dig that though. Yeah. I dig that about most shows. I like kind of like watching like pilots and like watching. First season, like how different, seeing how, different how yeah, what what stuff is stuck and what yeah. hasn't. But yeah, you're right. Like those episodes don't lend themselves like, to being the rewatchable ones. I feel like the first few episodes of Seinfeld don't have Elaine but, in it. I don't think. I don't think. I think the first, at least the first episode, is George, Jerry, and Kramer. You might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, and Kramer that, is not even called Kramer. He's called like uh, he's got a different name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd, and you know, I mean, most pilots are are filmed. Like months way before yeah. the oh, actual thing. Like I think like the Sopranos pilot is filmed like almost like two years before the show even airs. It's so like, funny. Yeah. yeah. Pilot season. Kessler is Kramer's name in the first episode so of Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the Nipic Zone uh, headed to the awards. It's time. Let's do right. it. MVP for Airheads. Uh Joey will let you go last because it was your movie. Um I'll I'm kind of like the newest to this or like the, the least familiar to it. So this is kind of just more this watch who stood out to me the most. And to me, it was Steve Buscemi was the MVP of this okay. one. I thought he was kind of like, just like that little twinge the movie needed. I thought it would have been a little, a little kind of more bland than it was without him. So I dug the character. I dug the angstiness of the character. I thought he got the struggling artist right. When he's yeah. humping the guitar and the guys are looking at him at the end. Yeah. <laughs> great, right. Okay. Great. Uh, Joe Montana. <clears throat> wow. I love that. I, I, I like I love his performance. Uh, the older I get, the more I, I resonate with his character. Yeah, I uh, love the character. He was yeah. very close for me. Very yeah. close for me. Uh, and and, and I, I think his um, his seasoned acting kind of was noticeable. You felt and, it, yeah, and yeah, I, I just really, I really liked what he brought to the movie. So I was between Joe Montana and my guy. I went Brendan Fraser. Okay, good. Someone had to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love Brendan Fraser in this. He's he's an idiot. Like I said, he's an idiot that I just root for so much. I have to say, I, I liked him in this way more than I thought I would. Okay, uh, he really, yeah. I thought he fit. I was, I was, I was, I had, I was skeptical coming in, you know, because I'm, I'm really not the biggest Brendan Fraser guy. Not that I dislike him, but I just don't. Just doesn't really do it for it. me. The wide-eyed yeah. kind of look of you know, I, I. But he works in this. He yeah. really does. It's it's an it's an honest portrayal. Like he's yeah. It's it's not too sticky or too over the top. Like it's it, he it keeps works things grounded somehow while still being outrageous. Yeah, it 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 works. So that 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 totally that checks that checks. There. Well, he got my band, my bike, and my girl. Yeah. <laughs> You keep kicking me out. It's driving me insane. <laughs> LVP in this one. Joey, we're going to go right back to you on this one. I think we already covered I mean, Michael Richards yeah. is a fucking trash in this movie. <laughs> As Doug Beach. He's so bad. And just, he doesn't fit. The flailing around. Sometimes he's on the third floor. Sometimes he's on the main floor. Like, No, can I ask? He's uh, mine too, by the way. 
Um, can, can I ask? No, so no, he's supposed to have some sort of role in the in the station going to the, he's adult the accountant contemporary, or he's their accountant. Yeah, so he's helping like transition over everything, all the monies okay. and everything. Yeah, I think it's not a bad idea to go adult contempt. By the way, I think that that's a smart move for the radio station. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I used to be a metal guy. I'm more of an adult contempt guy these days. <laughs> yeah, rock. rock. Yeah, yeah. You know, I started off listening to Anthrax. Now I listen to Kiss from a Rose. Yeah, this is how it goes. <laughs> Uh yeah, my LVP too. I, oh. I just I and it's not all on him because I love Seinfeld, I love Kramer. Same. Uh, um, but he's awful. I, not, in this. That, not that his other roles outside of Kramer really justify him getting the benefit of the doubt. But that type of character is always my least favorite in these comedies. This this slapsticky, like, oh, you know, oh the ducks are turned on. Whoa, 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 you know, right. like I, I, come on. I just, just, I just don't find it's so like cartoonish in live action and I just don't. He falls out of the vents like seven times. Like yeah, to quote Grant C, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. So, Grant, LVP. Um, I almost went with Rob Zombie just because, oh. but I, mean, I, I, I didn't. Um, I, I, David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really not wrong. That's very valid. I can't, I still can't process what the hell he's doing in this movie. I, yeah, I don't it's know. Just, it's, a, it's such like a, a caricature. The whole reason like, it's, I, it's just, almost I, not even enough of a caricature to make sense. Like yeah. I, I don't like it, there's I there couldn't be less substance in that role. Like it's just what the fuck is he doing? Then he wants to come back in after he escapes, then he wants to come back in, and he's just all over it, the guy. It's almost place. like he snuck on stage. Participation yeah. award. Grant will have you go first. Here. Um my participation is Ernie fucking Hudson. Love it. Love it. Love it's it. It's just it. um yeah, I I I, I love him. I love him, and I think it was a great, great little, uh, you know, little role. But I think he was, he was kind of worked as a straight man in the movie. Yeah, yeah. How about the Harold Ramis appearance? I liked too? it. It was, it was weird. It was like, it kind of felt out of nowhere. So I don't know if it was like, I don't know. Ernie Hudson calling in a favor, be like, we, yeah. we need a quick cameo. Yeah. So like, I don't, like, I don't know if he was like, if he was too big for that role in a way, or like, or it makes sense because like. It, here, like here comes this. Here comes this big, like here, this notable star to be like the rescue. I just fucking love that their like lie detector test worked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that Lemmy question. Like he was a cop, right? Like, they're like, yeah, the trick question. Lemmy is God, and he but like he, scuffles off. He's like, even they the got Van, me. even the Van Halen question when he when he's Van Halen, and even Joe Montana's like he's, cop. He's a cop. <laughs> um, even the hostage is on board. I'm glad you brought this up. I. Side with Van Halen too. I'm a Hagar guy. Oh, I don't know. I'm a Hagar. You're guy. a cop. You're <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's got right now. And right now, why and... can't this be love? Can't drive fifty five. I mean, that's oh, I that, like that's not Van Halen though. That's that's not Van Hagar. Is that is that Sammy, Sammy Hagar, Hagar alone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, fuck Van Halen. Just Sammy Hagar. <laughs> um, and the Gabo Wabo. Oh man, I don't know. I, I like. I, I, I am. I am team. I am team. Yeah, uh, yeah team I, I, Roth. Yeah, whenever I listen to Van Halen, it's always the Roth. Yeah, yeah. Van Hagar for me. I know uh, Chris is disgusted. Chris G is disgusted with my Sammy Hagar takes. He I'm like, sure he is. He has no. Listen, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a fan either. He has no patience whatsoever <laughs> with that. Yeah. Why can't this be love? Okay. Um, when, when I whenever I think of right now, I just think of. Crystal Pepsi. I love right yeah. now, dude. That song rocks. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not a That's bad a song. song. It's just. 
Talk the, about talk about MTV the music, music video, video that them walking a, across the winner. world. I think that was a VMA winner for a video of the year. Was it? I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Believe it wow. Was. Uh, as was Jeremy Pearl Jam. Jeremy. I know Jeremy was. Can you name any others? We we mentioned uh, we mentioned tonight tonight before. Can you name any others videos of the year? Oh God, I don't know if there was any. Did like the basket case win? Uh, no. I I think it might have been up though. I think it might have been up. Okay. Uh, I know Weezer. Uh, Weezer Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly was up. I don't know that it, it won. It didn't though. win. No. All right. Uh, before you look it up though, I got a couple that I know there. I know that T- TLC Waterfalls. Definitely won. Okay. okay. Um, Neil Young, this notes for you, was definitely a winner Damn. in the early nineties. That like, was I, a big I deal. Like, I feel like Bye 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 probably was. Uh, ooh, now it gets a little trickier going on. Uh, that's when that's when I kind of stop watching when the boy bands start taking over. Okay. Oh, you're missing a big one between Jeremy and Waterfalls. Wait, between Jeremy and Waterfalls, is that... Uh, so Jeremy's 93, what year is 93? Waterfalls is 95, so the missing 94 one. I uh, thought about it, but I, was, I wasn't I was not confident. Now I feel like an ass. Oh, man. I should know that, 1994. too. Um, you're gonna, the second I say it, you're both going to be like, right. Was it, was it Black Hole Sun? No. No, no. Uh, it's not a Chili Peppers, right? No. Fuck. Oh, man. What is it? Crying. Oh, what a great video. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, that was formative. Very, very oh, yeah. formative. <laughs> so the first year was the Cars, you might think, in 84. Okay, that's oh, 84. Wow. 80, yeah. 84. It's the first year of the VMAs. Then it goes Don Henley, The Boy of Summer, Money for Nothing. Money for Nothing was a dire straits. Yeah, it's a great video. One. Sledgehammer yeah. in 87. Oh, no, that. Peter Gabriel. Song, yeah, video. great video. Yep. 88, In Excess, Need You Tonight. Okay, didn't know that. Makes sense. 89, Kieran, you said this this, uh, this note's for you. Neil Young, this note's for you, yep. Uh, 1990, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares nothing to compares you. Nothing compares to you. Why? That wasn't a very good music video. It was just her in like a white background. Yeah, but I, I feel like in the landscape of music videos, that was so different. True. Original artist for that song? Prince. Yeah, good. 91, R.E.M., Losing My Religion. Yes, of That's course. That's a great video. Yes, of course. Yep, big one. Now, um, now Love Hurts was up. That was with them in the traffic jam. Yes, Everybody that's a great hurts. video. Yeah. Everybody hurts. Oh, every, I'm sorry. Yeah. Everybody hurts. No, yeah. Love Hurts is the, was it the Nazareth is yeah. the name. Of the uh, that was a great. I remember. The, I remember their performance of that on the VMAs. Their performance yeah. of uh, yes. Everybody Hurts was yeah. great. Oh god, the performances in those were yeah. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, then Van Halen, right now, Pearl Jam, Jeremy, Aerosmith, crying, TLC, Waterfalls, which did beat Basket Case, and, and Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Now the next year is, was the best. VMAs that there ever was 96 that's tonight tonight wins yep the the list of performers in that is insane it's uh, off the top of my head uh, Smashing Pumpkins Metallica Kiss performs under the Brooklyn Bridge in that there's also uh, Bush Bullet Dugs and Harmony Jesus um, well big uh, I'm uh, forgetting Fighters and Alanis uh, Neil Young Neil Young also nominated so okay uh, Alanis Morris has definitely performed Hootie definitely performed um, I know uh, Neil Young performed at Think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was like, and there's some I'm forgetting that that were also there. Wow! But um, Bone Thugs and Harmony was up for like eleven awards, the Crossroads, and, with the Crossroads, yeah. and didn't win one. They were the Shawshank Redemption of the '96 VMA Awards. I remember shame. that. '97, uh, Joe. Uh, Jamiroquai virtual insanity. Oh hell yeah! Great yeah. music video. Great video. The I moving floor. That too. Should remember that too. Uh, Madonna Ray of Light '98. Okay, another good music video. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> um, 99. Well, how about Freak on a Leash? Was Freak on a, did Freak on a Leash win one? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. It what? was. Okay. No, no. So 99, Lauren Hill, Doo Wop won. Freak on a Leash was nominated. Okay. Okay. 
Um, 2000. That, that Lauren Hill video is awesome. Yeah. It's really good too. 2000 Eminem, The Real Slim Shady. 2001, uh, Lady Marmalade. Okay, I'm out of the, I'm now like not watching anymore. Yeah. Um, Eminem Without Me, Missy Elliott Work It, Hey uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Okay. Tr- yeah. No, yeah. At this point, I don't remember Boulevard of Broken Dreams being that one video of the year. Yeah. I mean, I don't, no one's watching at this point. Right. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, but even. The 90s, I wanted to cover the 90s there. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we yeah, covered. I mean, you have Justin Bieber won in 2017 for Despacito, I'm sure, or something. Yeah. I don't good. know. Um, yeah. So okay, that's that's a nice little uh, uh, for it. We we gave a little time to the VMA. So yeah, like to, for sure. That was awesome. That was important okay. to us. Participation awards. <laughs> so that was yours, Grant. Mine uh, was already Hudson. Joe. Chris Farley. He made me laugh my ass off every yeah. single time he was on screen. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, gets great answer. I, I actually honestly had no idea he was in this when I pushed play. So it was. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. It was great to see him. It was great to see him. I mean, you bet your ass I'm going to pick Rob Zombie. How could I that's not? Perfect. I mean, like, what? I It'd be ridiculous white, if you didn't. I saw White Zombie on the marquee and got so excited. <laughs> and then when they showed the band, I'm like, oh, please say that's actually White Zombie. And I'd like pause the movie and started Googling. I'm like, is he yeah. actually in this? Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, much love for, for Joe Montana too. Though. Oh, man. Joe Montana is the man. Again, way too close to MVP to pick there. Yeah, I should have. Sure. I, I, part of me wanted to do Marshall Bell and do the LVP justice that I did for Joe. Joey just rolled I would have torched that Joey pretty hard. Joey just rolled his yeah. eyes so hard. Let's do quotes. We, no one gave quotes. All right. Um, I'll give mine. Well, actually, I have two. Let me, let me see if anyone says mine, and I'll... We'll just go. Okay. About your, okay. I have a Judd Nelson quote. I don't think anybody picked that. Uh, well, right? Judd, Judd Nelson as the fake scared hostage... Is amazing. Uh, yeah. Can I get my yeah, Joe yeah. Nelson quote? Yeah, yeah. When they're kind of like, like he's like justifying giving these guys a contract. If the song's in English, it's a gold record at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, we, we talked about the one with like, I'm screwed up on average enough yeah. uh, to write a song and like, live forever. But my, my favorite quote of the movie is uh, Marcus when he's talking to Pip, where he's like, you want to take a step back? You're standing on my dick, man. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love that's that good. line. I thought for I'm like I thought for sure it was Lester from The Wire. I'm like, God, is that Lester from The Wire? Fun, and fun, that's what got me looking fun up. Fun fact: uh, Reg did audition for Lester. I, I believe it. Then, a good job. They're, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lester's possibly my favorite Wire character. I, I Lester, love yeah. yeah, I love him. Yeah, me too. Same here. Joe. Yeah, for me, uh, very simple. There's an old saying: if it's too loud, you're too old. Yep. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I was the editor of my yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> I played D&D too. Give me, give me a levy. Give me uh, a <clears throat> I was the editor of the school magazine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And then the uh, the guy that said I used to masturbate constantly, that was Stuttering John from the Howard Stern. Well, that was yeah. Stuttering John. Yeah. Okay, yep. okay. I used to masturbate. I used to masturbate constantly. <laughs> and you can tell he like he stuttered too yep. when he said, "Like I used to masturbate constantly." He's the he's the guy on the couch in uh, "Dude, Where's My Car?" For another yes, another oh uh, yeah, shout out of a of a sub fifty. Sure, I think that at least made the quarterfinals. I don't know. That was so that. bad. I rewatched that. It was just whoo scene of the movie. Uh, mine's it's it's kind of like one big long scene. It's the Lemmy is God. Slash Rodney King slash Chester, that okay. all that, and that all happens within like five minutes, but like that chunk of yeah. it is the, the end, the concert. That's you know where they have to lip sync and they stage dive. I and into the prison stuff. Yeah. I just I have so much fun with that. Yeah, it's good. I would love to pick the whiskey because, but it, the whole scene doesn't really make any sense to me. It just seems like they need to get a concert venue in there. But oh no, my my scene is is the three of them busting into the 
the DJ room and uh, Joe Montana just being like, ah, fuck it, let's entertain. This is what it is. Yeah, into into the turn of him going, oh, bad idea. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, I I love that. That was great. Okay, time machine recast. Take anyone, any era. Could be old Hollywood. We could put them into airheads. We could uh, take someone out of uh, Don't Look Up and put them into airheads. You could take someone from, I don't know, Gregory. Billy Madison and put them into they could make four of them in there. Gregory Peck. Yeah, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. <laughs> Gregory Peck. Norm MacDonald. I don't know. Charles Lawton. Yeah, Charles Lawton. <laughs> Charles Lawton era is hilarious. We never we never really talk, we didn't really talk about Kayla a lot, right? No, no. she's ripe for recast though. Yeah. Um I, uh, you know. They tried I mean they wanted Christine Applegate. <laughs> okay, now that you said that attractive woman what, what, oh yeah I'm, I'm going to that was my recast yeah, yeah that's going to shelve that what does like ernie hudson say he's very attractive woman very, very attractive, attractive woman, woman. Um, i mean the picture that he gave of yeah, her I mean, is geez, fantastic yeah. uh so i'm gonna go i'm gonna recast my lvp i'm gonna recast uh david arquette with uh seth rogan okay are we bleaching his hair no i think we'll just make him like a stoner Oh, okay. we're changing the character to them a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Just a yeah. little bit. I don't think there's any way to recast them and not change the character because I don't feel like it's they not gave, a character. They yeah. Didn't, yeah, it's not a. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, it is not a character. It's it's yeah. a thing on camera. I mean, so I, yeah, I think I think like a younger like a like a someone with talent. Yeah, like a, like a younger like a younger Seth Rogen, like probably hey. like in screen. David Arquette is fantastic. David Arquette. Is a former WCW heavyweight champion. How dare you? Yeah, and I stand outside of Scream. You know, someone with talent. <laughs> you do yeah. not capture the WCW title without talent. When Vinny Russo is writing it, you do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, I, Vin, and and Vince Russo is a follower of BPC. So let's be careful here. It's insulting our our celebrity followers. Celebrity loosely. Yeah. So uh, so I, I'm just I'm going with I'm going with Seth Rogen there. I feel like the character. Can kind of use a little bit of a of a rewrite, and I feel like it's it's being Seth Rogen still a little bit on brand of the character. And being high instead of just coked out of your mind makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it would be more entertaining to watch. Okay, uh, mine. Um, since you took a former WCW champion out, oh my, yes, I'm going to put a former WCW champion in. Oh, this is to the movie exciting. Yes. And this is strictly based on outfit alone. And I hate to take Michael McKeon out. I love Michael McKeon. He's great. He belongs in the movie, but I just couldn't oh, resist. No. So I am removing Michael McKeon from this movie, and I am inserting Triple H into that role. <laughs> <laughs> he is dressed like Triple H in this movie. The, the, the ponytail, the, sh- the orange shirt with the button in the middle, that, the shark the gold shark I mean, tooth. I mean, he's, he's dressed as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like <laughs> that's the early, actually the iteration of his character. <laughs> and just like, could you imagine Triple H stomping around the studio saying, get, get your ass out of the studio here. <laughs> They're not taping him to a chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was actually a, a flaw in the recast that I, I like, I thought about like, maybe I can't use this because he's not staying on the chair. Well, I feel like Randy Orton probably had him tied to a chair. Randy Orton, yes, but Randy Orton is not Steve Buscemi. I don't think Steve Buscemi is doing it. (laughs) Brendan Fraser, maybe, though. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, so so we're we're putting Triple H here into into this one. The Lemmy tie-ins, the whole Yes, that's perfect. And he did hold the WCW title under the WWE banner, in Mm -hmm. case anyone was questioning that. Okay. Uh, my oh, recast. So I took oh. Michael Richards right out of this. 
Um, and I decided let's find someone who, you know, could make people laugh. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I feel like he would be less slapsticky, but still different enough to make that it's a, a different it's, thing. It's tough material. Oh, it's brutal material. But I think I mean anything Sasha Baron Cohen does is going to be better, unless he plays Kramer on Seinfeld. He's going to. But like, I think yeah. he would just make it something better than like Michael Richards was like, okay, this is what it says to do. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen would be like, how do I actually make this entertaining? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Cutting room floor. Yeah. What would you take out of uh, out of Airheads? I don't know, man. This movie's like 92 minutes. It and does. It's just like it does move very. I don't. I quickly. don't know. It's I brisk. Don't, I don't know if you could take out anything. I really. I no. You know, I know you guys loved all like the crazy crowd scenes and stuff. I, to me, I, I would trim a lot of that. Oh I no, I want more too of much. The, that's where I would add if we if, if they wanted more time. <laughs> yeah, I had fun that, with that. that got too crazy chaotic. I like the stuff being a little more consolidated in the rooms and and whatnot. But I thought that stuff was a little little too goofy. You know, if it wasn't for, for getting the real gun, I would fully take out Michael Richards. But you need it, unfortunately. I kind of would have taken out them actually getting the stuff they were demanding for. I know that was a joke they were going for. And I it needed it was, the guys to get away. I thought the br the joke alone was fun. They could have just left it at that. Like, yeah, I don't good. think them actually yeah. getting the stuff. <laughs> and the, the idea know. of Chris Farley scooping out cottage cheese and putting it into a football <laughs> was just the visual. Yeah. Of that's very giant funny. baby bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> By the way, uh, here's here's a nitpick. That def, that self the, the uh, you can't plead insanity with that. That's no, not, that's not going to work. But they're idiots. Oh, that's part of the point of the idiots. Oh, I had. I don't think that's a nitpick though. I well, think that's I had just that, them that's dumb being, guys that thinking that stupid. that's like a thing. Yeah. I did have on my nitpick, uh, just sentence question mark. I mean, they're, uh, this is terrorism. I mean, they're they're getting oh my a, god, they're going oh, they, they're they going had, away they for had, a very long. Listen, time. Vince Neil killed the guy. Fifteen only days, did thirty days in jail. They did fifteen, I think. They said 30 in the movie, but yeah. I think it's only 15. I think there's a difference, a slight difference. He murdered someone. He was a drunk driving accident, which, yes, it's is not manslaughter. An, no, but it's a super preventable crime. It's, but he there, murdered okay, someone. Uh, I am not defending Vince Neil. <laughs> I am not defending. De- why are you defending? Why are you pro-drunk driving? manslaughter. Okay. All right. Easy. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. I'm not defending Vince Neil or, or drunk driving or anything of that sort. We're talking about using AK-47s to commit terrorism on... Yeah, but all the victims will be on their side. They'll support them and say it's not that big of a deal. What do you think the realistic sentence is for that? With the big-time lawyers? With the big-time lawyers, yes. Three years. On something that occurred on television that can't be ignored or shuffled under the table. Oh, they'd be found guilty. Yeah. And it's not six months. No, no. No, but you don't know know how long they were in there to begin with either. They said they served three months. In the six-month sentence, they served three. Well, they said they'll be out in three if they behave Right, themselves. but then at the end, the, like, yeah. the, tra- the, the curl-up thing said, like, oh, they served three months. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably looking at three years. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, it was like nobody got hurt. And, get, no, nothing, and no, get, nobody and, got hurt. Nothing was stolen. And, and the victims this, would support them. I get the suspension of disbelief for the sake sure. of comedy. I get that. I'm just proposing when, the question, like, realistically. Two of the victims probably are probably 20 years. Two of the victims are now their managers. I mean, kidnapping alone is... Oh, no, kidnapping is huge charge. Weapons. Well, well no, the problem is that they didn't They weren't really, actually they, guns. They, they really weren't actual weapons. guns. That's a right. good point. That's going to get knocked down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's without big lawyers, it's a monster charge. Yeah. Big lawyers get. And I would imagine in 2022, it's even way bigger. bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, our criminal justice system is all about how to get plea deals, not really how to prove people guilty. Nope. Okay. Uh, 
it's true. <laughs> Oscar reevaluation? No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, no, I th- nothing. I think this having no awards page is very appropriate. Yeah. Best supporting actor to Lemmy? I don't know. Didn't snag like a movie? Did the movie awards exist? Yeah, what, in, what, you know, the blockbuster awards? The blockbuster award? awards that Adam would talk about on Rewind. I'm sure that was a thing. The, well, that's 97. Maybe not. Because All like, right. then they have like best cameo or something like some weird award. I mean, this was a major financial bust here. You got to remember. So like, those like six types million dollar loss is get, brutal. Yeah, they did not get that type of detention. Uh, uh, no, Blockbuster Awards started in '95. Oh, okay. So, okay, so what do you think that, that helicopter shot cost of bringing in the unnecessary stage? I, I mean, know. the movie costs eleven mil. Yeah. So probably ten. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the the first MTV Movie Awards are '92. Yeah, this got. Uh, you'd think that just the MTV brand alone, just because might it's have, so music based. Yeah, well, and they had they had Kurt Loder in there. They had Beavis and Butthead. You think it might just like throw in a nomination just for branding Maybe. purposes? But I guess they probably MTV probably lost money on this. They probably in '94. I don't know. Like, so this would be the '95. Yeah, it was such a stacked year for movies. Well, Joe, okay, Joe so like he's got it here. So 1995 hosts of the MTV Movie Awards were John Lovitz and Courtney Cox. Oh, John Lovett's got the hosting gig. He was hot back then. Best movie, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Give me an award category that this could possibly slip into. Uh, Best comedic performance. Or... Yeah. This doesn't give a ton of information. It just gives kind of like breakout characters. Oh, TLC performed in the Ramones. The Ramones did a best song from a movie medley. Did okay. they play their song in Airheads? I, don't, I wonder. I should have. All right. That so might let's... be something worth Googling. The, the, I'm... It might be tough to YouTube a remote okay. performance from ni- the 95 movie awards. A little obscure. So, best comedic performance. Uh, I'll give you the nominees, then we'll go through the winner. Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, Jim Carrey, The Mask, Tom Arnold, True Lies, Tim Allen, The Santa Claus, Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it's not, it's not cracking that. No. No. There's no like there's 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 no elevated performance in this or anything like that. You know? No, it's no, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's, it's not going to be. It's up not for deserving it. of any of any no. nominations. I mean, because like even not. best song from a movie, Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty, Elton oh, John, God, Can You Feel the, the Love Crow. Tonight, Urge Overkill, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, Madonna. I'll that would be you. The, that would be the category that they try to sneak. Right, and then yeah. Warren G. Yeah. Regulate like that's they'd have to fig- finagle. What was Warren G. Regulated? That was Above the Rim, I yeah. think. Oh, wow. Great song. Yeah. Great song. It is a great song. Yeah. So if we can't find an MTV Movie Award to put this in, we're certainly not finding an Oscar award. No. No. Um, okay. So Recommends. That brings us to Recommends here. Can I go first? Yeah. Sure please. you can, buddy. All right. I picked a, a, a little ditty called Detroit Rock City. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's the we best thing little, Kiss uh, ever did. Following a rock. Oh. Jesus, we're gonna do this if, right now. If you listen to our, uh, if, if folks listening, if you listen to our "Never Too Young to Die" episode, Joey cuts a massive promo oh, against Kiss God. and Gene Simmons. Oh my <laughs> but I love God. Detroit Rock City. <laughs> so it's funny. I got into a conversation today with with some friends in a group chat about like, does Kiss have hits? Yeah. I'm like, you say that though, but like. If you like pick like a random friend and 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 ask them how many Kiss songs they could name, like off the top of your head, Grant, how many Kiss songs can you name? Two or three, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which right, one? Rock and Roll All Night. Right, and it's all outside of Rock and Roll All Night and Party Every Day, which is their their most famous song. Oh, okay. Um, so Detroit Rock, uh, Detroit Rock yep. City, Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
from Role Models, Love Gun. I know that one. Love Gun. Yeah. I only know that from Role Models. Yeah. Great song. Yeah, I mean, if we're it not... It does ca- get if, hazy if, from there. If we're not counting its big, their biggest hit... Well, no, I think the question was, is like, other than, other than rock and roll all night and party every day, do you think that you're average friend could name three kiss songs and you just did probably so yeah but i'm not your average i'm not your average friend no no you're not, <laughs> you're not. but could your average friend is the question probably yeah. not so, no. yeah so, it, so they do, it's not like they're not like journey you know like journey has How pretty many? massive hits mm. journey's got some big ones okay outside of don't stop believing how many can you name oh i mean me i could name a shit ton but okay but what, how much would the average person rate? i mean they, they, they would know separate ways Maybe they would know. Uh, we uh, own the sky. No, I was thinking. Uh, open arms. Open arms. That's my knowledge of them. Then, Stops um, after those four, like that, that. I could pull up top other, of my head. Other one, faithfully. Oh yeah, faithfully. That's a but great like, song. other than that, I don't think. We own the sky. You don't think they're gonna name that? I don't know. Don't that's a good song. I don't, yeah. Keeps on yeah, I don't know. But that's the thing. Like it's 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 any way you want it. Yeah, okay. It's not like a long list, but I, I feel like Kiss list is a little tighter. And it like, is. you know... No, no, listen, Kiss, they they get a lot of traction on their, uh, their aesthetic. They're branding. Yeah, they're, they're branding. branding. I mean, they're brilliant marketers. Yeah. yeah. I love Kiss. I've seen them live. They rock. Yeah. God of Thunder. Psycho Circus. <laughs> okay. Lick it up. <laughs> when was the last time you watched Detroit Rock City? Like recently? Been a bit. It's been a bit. It's awesome. But I, I was thinking about it. no, it's a, it's just it's a totally cool movie. It's got the vibe that's got the same type of vibes of found the found the band around. Uh yeah. So Detroit Rock City. Okay. That's great. Great. I was made for loving you, baby. <laughs> uh I'll I'll go if you don't mind, Joe. Mine is a I love a good hostage movie. Um this is a serious one. <laughs> and I think this is it's one of my favorites. And it's uh Spike Lee's Inside Man. Oh, good one. Uh, it's such a good movie, and I, I really feel like it's a movie that a lot of people sleep on. I really feel like it doesn't get its doesn't get its due. Awesome movie. I'm not the biggest Clive Owen fan. I know Adam uh, St. John's upset with me about that, but I, you don't I just like don't, him. Nah, I, I know, like him. He's he's dismal. especially especially in Inside Man. He's dismal he's at great. best, in, in my opinion. Abysmal um, at best. Dismal, dismal at best. Okay. Yeah, come on, nah. Clive Owen. I'm very middle he's, ground of it. Uh, he's great in Curb Enthusiasm. That's a struggling <laughs> I, I, actor. I, I, I might be. I think I'm. I'm unfamiliar with that. The one man show. The, like, no, I didn't see that one. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I mean, dude, Inside Man rocks. Yeah, it absolutely rocks. Yeah. I, I again, like, I find this about myself with Spike Lee. Like, he hasn't made a movie I don't like. He makes great movies. Every movie he he's made that I've seen, I love. Yeah. So watch the old boy remake. That's the only one. No good. No. Oh, with Josh Brolin and Rooney Mara. The rest yeah. are fucking awesome. I love. Like, I hate that I he has one that I don't like. Yeah. Joe, so I had one, and I was really thinking about like the just following the dream till the end. And then I watched this Sunday night, and when it was over, a movie came on TV, and I was like, "Oh no, this fits." And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh no, this is perfect." Empire Records. Oh, oh that's great. great call. That's I mean, great. That's, that's, a, that's a great that's recommend. Spot on. I love yeah, it. I love that. I mean, movie. It literally, like came on at the beginning, and I was like, "Oh!" And I loved every second. I was like, "No, that's this is the recommend. This is it." This I love that movie. Me too. Yeah! Wow, talk about another movie that just lives in the nineties. Oh man, and it's it's so but in the so mid nineties in the best way though. Oh, no, it's, it's like, great. This is a movie that's lost in the nineties. Yeah, Empire yes. Records is the nineties. Yeah, you know yeah, that's yes. and we're bringing back to going to call back to to live live Tyler there too. I, sure. I mean, live Tyler in that Renee Zellweger in that. Yeah, ah, that movie's really good. That's a great movie. 
Do you know that we're going to cover a Liv Tyler movie at Best Picture cast, a Best Picture winner? Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Joey, do you know? Oh, Oh, this is Joey's blind spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lord Lord of the Rings, Rings, Return of the King. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. (laughs) (laughs) I don't specifically know if she's in the third one. She might only be... I I think she is. Yeah, she might only be in the third one. I didn't realize she was in those. She's an elf. Yeah. The movies do kind of blend together a little bit for me. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. That'll be interesting when we have to go down that. That's that not about the, the, that we got to do all of them. Big, yeah. big Liv Tyler fan. Not so. Rod. <laughs> I'll just talk about Liv Tyler the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, guys. Okay. Airheads. We did, we did it. it. Another. But, but, but most importantly, sub 53 in the books. Three years of sub 50 tournaments. It's amazing. I can't believe it. It's a whole idea that kind of just manifested it. itself as we went. From Roadhouse to Twins to to friggin' Airheads, and and if only Marshall Bell was in Roadhouse, <laughs> we could find him as the connective tissue. I could totally see him. Roadhouse. Oh, he would. He, he would, would actually work. It, it would fit so well. Where I mean, are we writing a role for him, or is he is he re, being recasted into it? God, like he could totally be. He could totally be just like one of the. Like one of those cronies. Like he's a crony. One of the oh, one of the cr- he's yeah, a crony. Yeah, one of the cronies. Yeah. And yeah, he would be this. It, him and Terry Funk would be the standout cronies. Yeah, yeah. Mind he, your business, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you could also just like throw him in that opening scene of the. At one of the oh yeah, and the, and absolutely. Get, get him in and get him out of there. Yeah, or or you just have him driving a monster truck around. Whatever it you doesn't want. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Wow, guys, uh, I never know where this podcast is going to take me, and this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's so funny where the roadhouse to here, the amount of votes we've had and the amount of interaction we've had, it's 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 really awesome. Uh, having a, an MTV Video Music Award conversation was very therapeutic for me. I must say, I've been I've been meaning to go through the winners of that. Oh, well, it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's, it's and, and and this was the perfect movie yeah. to have. Yeah. It with. Just, it's relevant just, to how we grew up and what was important to us. I just wish wish Oz was here. Um, to, he would have loved. Yes. This. Oh yeah, he would have loved to have been part of it. Yes, he's got he's got opinions on the VMAs. I'm sure. And I'm sure we'll hear them as he, as he hears this. So. I'm sure. Hey, Oz. So, uh, guys, thank you. Grant. Thank you very much didn't for having me. Didn't win this one. You can't win them all. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. You know, back back to the drawing board. Try yeah. to get them, get them next can't year. Can't win them all. It's fun when you do, but it's like, a, it's like, great the, like I'm do. learning with the Braves this fall. This like, is, you can't uh, win the World Series every year. Two, two uh, back-to-backs in second place is tough. Yeah, back, mm. back to backs in second places. Yeah, two number one picks too. I know. I did, yeah, do me fa- do me a favor. Don't pull me first next time. You're, you're hey, and and Joey, I didn't even realize until re-listening to the to the Shining episode. Despite you having as many lottery balls as Grant, you've never had like a top pick. You've no, never I'm always higher, in the middle and never back, picked yeah. higher than like five, four. No, five. I, I usually I usually exist between four and six. Wow. Yeah. 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 And you've I'm, been winning. So it's going to be a little while before we draft again. So you're not going to get one of these winning episodes probably until until uh, the spring, the springtime. We don't know what that's going to be. We've, there's been a lot of ideas kicked around. We're not going to put any on air. But we will have a couple honorary episodes coming up. You're going to get yourself some misery for Thanksgiving. Ooh. You're going to get yourself some National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Hell yeah. for the Huge. holidays. Huge. And sandwiched in between, you're going to get a wild episode on Stephen King's It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't even know what that's going to look like yet, Joe. It's going to be a unique piece of BPC yeah. catalog. It's going to be much like the source material, I think. All over the place and chaotic, crazy, all that stuff. And it's wherever we go. Yeah. And we're recording that next week. Yeah. It's very excited. A lot yeah. of content. 
preparing this the longest preparation, reading the book again, yeah. really getting into the whole world. Yeah, it's it's gonna be wild. I mean, this week, <laughs> this week, Sunday Monday, I'm gonna be watching a lot of a lot of a lot of clown stuff between that and, and the greatest <laughs> Jimmy. Stewart I don't have to figure. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart in the greatest show. Oh, man. And then Misery, I mean, really getting into that is super exciting. Yeah, and, and that's a novel I've never read. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to read it I'm going to try to. It's it's not a long one. I can't I think it's I one can't of the imagine shorter it ones. being long. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's one of the shorter ones. It's, it's one I've like, I've taken out from the library before and looked at it and almost done it. And because I had, I actually saw the movie for the first time like a year ago. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. I'm, I'm kind of new to Misery. Uh, so I'm I'm looking into to doing that. So I'll probably buy that buy the novel and do that. So fun stuff ahead, Joe. Fun oh, stuff I, ahead, I'm Grant. so excited! I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got good stuff. And so. then just the re-upping episodes. Yes, yeah, coming up, uh, and I believe just don't you know don't quote me, even though I'm on the air. Uh, the the return to the departed episode possibly could be airing next week. We'll really, see. we'll see. We'll oh, see. could be. Oh, that's exciting. That's amazing. Yeah, it could be. We'll see. I don't know. Don't hold me to it. I'll edit this out if I'm I'm, I'm, I'm quoting yeah. it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm on the air. I'm, I'm, the I'm, I'm etching it in stone. That's yeah. that's really cool. I didn't yeah. realize it was going to be happening that soon. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Closing words on Airheads. Man, I'm so happy we got to talk about this movie that's impossible to find and it's probably going to be lost in a few years, sadly. So at least we'll have a uh, a record of it and how much fun and ridiculous it really is and you know as i try to catch grant and he stays just sort of elusive <laughs> and go through your dvd collection at home find airheads seriously find, find yeah, cocoon that, that is a gold mine yeah yeah if you, <laughs> you have it resource hold it or sell it for a lot dogma dogma is just yeah yeah i, I might go to my mom's house and see if see um, if it's see there. If still there it might be yeah, yeah i don't I, know i'm not i'm not hopeful these things are artifacts guys these it's unbelievable artifacts. it's fucking wild right gentlemen Thank you so much. Uh, you were both on were you were both on the twins and both on the Roadhouse episode. So we've all done all the sub fifties. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Well, we've won. The two of us have won them all. Yeah, yeah. Chris, did, Chris couldn't make it here today. That's but, a bummer. Um, Chris would have been great on this. Yeah, one. he would have loved this. Yeah. So follow us on Best Picture Cast. All of our socials: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. We love to interact. Our our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. But our handles on social media are at Best Picture Cast. Please rate, review, all that stuff. We love you out there. We love to to interact, to go on that stuff. If you have a podcast you want us to guest on, let us know. We're pretty good about that if we can fit into our schedule. And uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we, we love to have a good time on microphone. What can I say? So we, we have a lot to say about a lot of different movies. Yeah, we try. <laughs> yes, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If it was a little too loud, then possibly you're a little too old. See you next week. I was the editor of the school magazine. <laughs> <laughs>